Crisis News. I'm here live reporting at the crop circle that appeared last month where there's now hundreds of thousands of undocumented alien refugees. They're currently not allowing journalists into the crop circle to investigate. I'm assuming due to the inhumane nature of their treatment. There seems to be about 26 different senators here and the vice president. The situation is getting out of hand apparently. We have an exclusive interview with her. Mrs. Carmelo, what is the current administration doing about this crisis? It's Kamala and during my career as an incarceration specialist, even I have never seen such horrible treatment of aliens. Thanks, Vice President Calamari, and now we have an exclusive interview with Senator Carnival Cruz. It's Theodore, boy, and what we have here is a goddamn atrocity. Darth Vader and the Emperor wouldn't even treat aliens this way. Thanks, Senator P.T. Cruiser, and it looks like Congresswoman ABC is even here. We're gonna try to sneak over for an interview. ABC, ABC, what's your take on this crisis? It's AOC, and they tried to murder me! Poor AMC, she really feels this crisis. Everyone's always trying to murder her. And now, a Crisis News Network exclusive. One of our reporters has infiltrated the facility and has recorded one of their cries for help. Aliens. And? Well, we're not talking about the ones involved in the border crisis today. Ouch. Although that's, I'm not saying it's not worth talking about. But today we're going to get into the uh, extraterrestrial type because it's vastly more interesting and vastly less frustrating as well. So, Do you actually think we'll be able to solve the crisis of knowledge pertaining to if aliens are real or false versus the crisis of people coming here without invitation and if oh, we should or should not allow it? I'm not trying to solve either of those problems. I have no clout for that. Then why would anyone want to listen to this podcast? Well, one of the number one podcast types is, you know, aliens, paranormal, and true crime. Are we trying to be so, number one? I think we can paint a we can paint a picture of a true crime alien story, maybe <gasps> that has to do with alien ghosts killing people or something. The Benedict Cumbersnatch Gumshoe Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I want to make this narrative right now. Bumper dump cabbage patch. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Benedict, you have. I don't even know his real name. Benedict. His name's Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, I thought you were making fun of him. No, that's his real that's name. Hilarious. He I has a wonderful name. name. I do. I loved it's him. The most in, British name ever. I loved him in Sherlock. Or, oh yeah, uh, that was a great. I series, like him by as Doctor way. Strange. If that too. doesn't come back, I'm going to blow buildings up. You know what's funny? As as a British TV enthusiast, what is that? Enthusiast. Aficionado. I have seen. I watched Benedict and things before he became Benedict in America. I really. He's in a lot of Miss Marples and Poirots, and I really loved those shows when I was young. And he uh, was. It's fun watching. Him. He was just this kind of smarmy guy. Yeah. And then he's become Benedict. You yeah. know, Sherlock really launched. Now him. he's kind of typecast. Have you noticed that? Now he's just like the smart, the really smart. smart Do you notice do we're talking guy. about him when we're talking about aliens? Oh. Oh, I did. Oh, she went there. Yeah, it's wonderful. He is. He might be an alien. I think that Elon Musk, Benedict, there's a lot of people that I kind of feel might be part alien. They're definitely extraordinary. I don't know about extraterrestrial necessarily, but you never know. I mean, maybe at some point they deposited some DNA into a vessel, certain primates and I don't know. That was ancient alien territory. Yeah. You just went into. I'm just hard. thinking maybe some of us might be derived from you know I guess what the Bible would call Nephilim. Nephilim. Yeah, I was just and, thinking about. Yeah, that we're when going you into about, ancient alien yeah, territory. Yeah, I'm just saying what I know about their little story here. So their little narrative is like the Nephilim, or one of their three thousand alien narratives, by the way, because they can't keep consistent on one narrative. Well, they, they explored the myriad of bullshit. 
The prolificness so, of all of the Marvel movies shows that we have an obsession yeah. with superhuman attributes. Like, yeah, and then they also added aliens in there too because because aliens. When when you have huge superhero stories like that on an epic proportion like Marvel, mm-hmm. there's only so many supervillains you can really create out of humans. So of course you have to bring aliens in because like it's way more easy. It <laughs> it's easier to suspend your disbelief when talking about. Aliens, because then you can go, oh, they're just naturally, like, way more powerful than humans. Oh, you don't, so being lazy, then. Well, I don't don't know if you would call it lazy, but to create just a better narrative arc than, oh, this guy fell into some nuclear waste and is more more stronger now. I don't know. (laughs) Humans never seem to run out of malevolency combinations to me. No, but I think we've covered them all, so now they're like, you know, we just have to bring in some Zorbs or Zorgs or whoever the fuck they are in Marvel. I don't know. Have you hit on the fascination with aliens? Is that we need otherworldly explanations for new Marvel villains? Is that what it is? Yeah, maybe that stretches across to everything, and now we just need more more extraterrestrial explanations for, like, everything, like... Like the like, let's take a book. Let's take it right out of the conspiracy theorist handbook, okay? Okay. They they blamed the Illuminati on shape shifting lizard people from fucking uh, Nibiru. Okay. Okay. So like, is that, because there's all is this that close to Nibiru? Yeah, they, because okay. they they nobody can believe that just your normal everyday oligarchies can commit such huge conspiracies. So they have to go. You know, it must be aliens from Nibiru. Yeah, but oligarchies are made up of people, and we're all people, and that means we would have to accept that we are all capable of bad behavior. Well, yeah, of course, but that doesn't that doesn't make a, a fancy conspiracy. Does that story. not sell books? And no, of course novel, it doesn't. Uh, like, that's not going to help David Icke sell three hundred novels. So let me get this right. I just want to see that I'm in the same realm as you. So the border crisis is cause aliens. Uh, we can say that, yeah. I okay. mean, it, that's kind of meta in a way because yes, they are technically <laughs> no, you, aliens. You can't use that word anymore. Um, Remember, it's yeah, not PC. Well, you know, or are we ever PC? I thought no, we hated we're not. That. I'm not. I thought we well, hated we that. We record onto a. PC, a personal computer, yes. We are proponents of empathy, but we hate political <laughs> yeah. correctness. Isn't that what um, our whole purpose is? But let's shift this a little bit and okay. let's pretend that the like. Uh, let's pretend there's an extraterrestrial border crisis on the scale of the what was going on here. What <gasps> would we do about that? We're mirroring our DNA's crisis. Like yeah. they injected this us into them. Or what well, I'm not pre- let's not pretend they're aliens. Let's just pretend we have an alien threat. Like in in proportional scale to what we have going on. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That our, our thing happening on the border is just a mirror of the grander problem, which is alien invasion. Yeah, but... Because you're talking about the documents being released. No, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing hypothetical here, though. Like, well, we're let's, hypothesis. Let's pretend, we can do that. Let's, let's pretend, pretend like more. we woke up this morning and the, and the news was going crazy because now all of a sudden there's like uh, 300,000 extraterrestrial aliens trying to so independence day is take real. refuge in in america yeah. independence day is real yeah so what, what would we do about it like let's like, speculate what would our government that's do district nine yeah well yeah kind of i love that movie that's by the way that's a really good movie so a little, little do yourself a favor little backstory about district nine love that movie so they were going to make a movie about halo the video game by bungie who's now owned by microsoft um, it's a very good video game. It's a huge franchise. It was pretty much what got Xbox off the ground originally anyway. I feel like anybody under 40 knows what Halo is, You should right? know what Halo is, yes. Yeah. Um, but, uh... It was life-changing. Uh, that also game is also about uh, aliens. Okay. But I think in, technically we were the invaders in that story because we definitely wasn't on Earth. No, but anyway... Seems, oh, anyway. So with District we 9, they we're going to make a Halo movie. Okay. And... They had a bunch of weird little like lawsuit problems and script problems, and there was like uh, you know lawsuits with the scripts, lawsuits between the different directors that they were supposed to have. There was all these legal problems and hurdles and ju- so you know what they did? They instead you know what we need to make a movie. The investors are waiting. 
So they spent the budget from the Halo movie on making District 9 instead. Alien Apartheid. Yep. Exactly. Because that was an amazing movie. I fucking loved that movie. Um, I only watched it once because it damaged me, though, but in my soul area. But they still made the movie in the style that they were going to make the Halo movie. So I'm kind of bummed we never got Halo to the scale of District 9's direction and, and filmography. Because that was amazing. You tell me lawyers ruined the Halo movie prospect? It, probably, yeah. How, how much stuff have... That's what I've read, though. I could be completely wrong, but I remember back when it came out, I was reading about that. How much creative awesomeness has been ruined by legalistic tendencies? Uh, everything. Well, like you can't even like play two seconds of somebody else's song on your YouTube video now, or you get well, you were talking about that earlier, thrown in the gulag. Because the whole the whole idea of this episode came out that we wanted to kind of examine the geographical what continuity between alien encounters and stories and lore, and we went down some rabbit holes doing research for that. I, I my hypothesis last week was that there was vastly different alien stories between all of the different geographies in the world. Uh, come to find out, so far they're all the same. Yeah, There's like, not really much of a difference, they're just in a different language. We just spent 15 <laughs> minutes uh, watching about Itsurobune. Yeah, there was this weird story from 18, 1800s Japan. This early gene. 1800s Japan. And it has continuity and there's archives in the Japanese yeah. archives. They're, they got the documents. Turns out it was just, just similar enough to a UFO story that, of course, ali- ancient aliens jumped on it and was like, oh, but we're going to spit this. It was aliens. And, if you, and we hadn't heard so, of this story until this morning. Apparently even. a chick in a round-shaped craft, and she was a ginger with white-dipped hair, so mm-hmm. she was definitely like into, you know... Where did the white-dipped hair come from? Just alternative culture over there at the time, In I guess. 1805? Maybe. I don't know enough about early 1800s, like, Asia to really understand well, why. Well, he did mention the host of the, the show. Was it Tyler Explains or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentioned what, what that... was it? Uh, we'll have to look it up. Yeah, we'll look he, it up. He right. mentioned that you have it she... Um, some people said that she might have had some fur, wearing fur as, like, a clip-in or something. So people were wearing hair extensions way before the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. Um, and this girl shows up, and she had her lover's head in a box. I yeah. want to know about okay, that. Okay, so let, let's break down a little bit more detail here. So there, yeah. this, there was this like UFO-shaped boat. Yep. Uh, it was like there was like a circular boat, and the pictures drawn of it definitely looked like a UFO. So like you could easily spin the narrative, but it according to this guy that was researching it, trying to debunk the ancient alien story about it. By the way, yeah, he was saying like it kind of the story whole story came from kind of a tabloidy type of news. Back way back then in Japan, super cool names of their things like but, dust on the apricot. Yeah, but I guess it, it got so popular that it ended up in like you know your typical mainstream news channels of the time. Yep. And um, but they didn't spin it as aliens at the time. It was actually like a boat that they pulled into shore because they saw it out in the distance. Yep, they were this concerned. Farm village. They were concerned. Remember? Yeah, they were concerned and they pulled it into shore. And it, there was just a lady inside. It looked like a UFO, but it was in the ocean. Obviously, it was a boat. It was a beautiful And it was world. made of, like, wood. This, like, fancy woods and stuff like that. But there was a head in a box, and she wouldn't Yeah, this lady gets out. She's box. a gin- white ginger lady, completely foreign to them, obviously. I'm sure they might have seen them done trade with Russians and stuff back then. Because Russia is pretty they close. Were, the I'm guy calling was, Mother Russia mafia. Yeah, the, the yeah. guy was speculating that it might... It was probably Russians, because there was... Depictions of the description of the lady from Russia at the time, especially with the red hair, there was yeah, a lot of Yeah, she was wearing those. smooth clothing, mm-hmm. which in the early 1800s, women's clothing, Eastern, well, Western women's clothing were very empire-waisted. Um, like, if you watch a Jane Austen movie, you can get an idea of what the dressing looked like. Yeah. Or go watch Bridgerton. There you go. Yeah, Bridgerton. That's that's uh, <laughs> that's what her clothes were like. So, what we, what Katie and I are speculating is that yes. it's... She, her husband, because she had her husband's head in a box. She had this mysterious box, and inside was her husband's head. 
severed head, by the way. That would smell and, so bad. But she had a bunch of food, apparently, in the boat. So it was obviously like a, a, some kind of an ocean journey this lady's been on. So before I heard about the head and everything, I was like, it's definitely just like she was, maybe somebody was trying to cross the ocean to a, the Americas or something like that, or good, who knows. Now it feels but it seems definitely more of an ocean story than a UFO story. And then we find out the husband's head was in the box. So what we speculated was it's yes. like her husband probably pissed somebody off, some mafia type of dude back then, mm-hmm. or some kind of leadership or some kind of somebody in power maybe owed him money maybe there's some gambling debt who knows like we could we could go all day on the on the hypothesis here but we could. um you know they probably chopped her husband's head off probably in front of her and then put it in a box loaded up a little boat with food and then sent her on her way to exile her and send a message maybe and i'm going to take it a little further into imagination land i kind of feel like that. the mafioso maybe was on some egypt myth- mythology kick because you know how they used to send people off for their afterlife, you know? Yeah. It's like he kind of just, it may have been his enemy, but maybe he respected the guy, so he sent his wife with food for the journey. Yeah. I mean, something big could, happened could have been there. something like that, too. Yeah. Or maybe she killed him, she was on the run. There's a lot of cool There's twists like, to this that we just don't know. Well, I'm a writer, and I kind of want to write a story well, somebody, about it, so you, I think you should. I'm going to. A little fiction tale about it. Yeah. But I implore... If there's any Japanese listeners, I doubt there is. But if you, I can see that there's not. But if anybody ever listens to this episode from Japan or anywhere, honestly, anywhere, it doesn't matter. We need an anime please, about this because please, it could be please, epic. Please, please, please. It would be the coolest thing. And they would create but make the it best a UFO lore. story. Oh, totally. Don't, don't, don't follow this verbatim. Make it a UFO yeah, story. Yeah, like maybe the, make it the craft was de-energized. Throw by, some Gundams in there. Some by some suits. negative energy or something. Yeah, we yeah. want to know. Some Gundams. <laughs> There's some mech suits and some weird big titty anime chicks that don't have any purpose in the story. Just, it's anime. I just kind of want to dip my hair and make it white in the bottom half You could. Yeah, Yeah, that might be my summer look. We have chemicals for that. That sounded like it was powdered hair. But I digress. Sorry, uh, no, no, maybe I'll just buy white hair to... But my point is, is like, it's so easy to twist ancient stories into UFO stories. But we're all fascinated by UFO stories. Well, and I who think doesn't want to see one? Like I look, I constantly yeah. when I was a kid, especially, but even now, I stare out my window at the sky sometimes, going, "I just wish I would see one." They when have you're to passionate be real. about something, you want to take everything that kind of correlates your, with your passion oh, and yeah. fit it to your narrative. It's confirmation and bias. I think that's why hypothesis is so important. It's like what evidence is there actually? And in the case of the Itsurabone girl, it kind of looks like a weird sort of you know Gilligan's yeah. Island sort of thing. She's just on a three-hour tour that's kind of permanent, right? I. I don't know. Or it could be a goddamn UFO. Who knows? We don't. And I wasn't around back then. We kind of just start cursory Googling. <laughs> you know, Brady went YouTubing and I went, uh, I like to read things. Yep. It looks like there's a universal thread between all of the continents as far as our sightings. It's usually bright lights and flying discs. Yeah, I thought there would be much different stories. Um, there's not a lot of differentiation. So we're not going to probably go down that direction because I found out I don't think I was correct that there was much differences. They're all... Like, I thought because so many cultures are different mm-hmm. that there would obviously be different spins on it, but no. But that I think that intrigues me more, that there's so much continuity. That makes it seem more relevant and more likely to be a thing, It's right? definitely something we need to put more thought into in the mainstream because, well, I mean, and recently it kind of has because, I don't know if you all know this, but um, part of the huge Stimmy. pork bill... Stimmy. The, the very original Stimmy bill that Trump passed, somebody slipped a nice little thing in there saying that the U.S. government now has to reveal its alien secrets. Um, There's going to be so much redaction. I, I tried to look into the language of the bill. It's kind of weird and vague and whatever, but... Legalese. <clears throat> basically, it opens up the door for the government to get, feed us a hell of a lot more bullshit than they already have about aliens. So, don't, nobody get your hopes up. 
I really don't think we're going to get much out of it. I think they're going to spin it. They're going to redact everything. We're going to get photos, but they're going to be blurry, and it's going to be like, for national security reasons. Well, that's what I mean. They don't have yeah. to release anything because if it pertains, they can just use that national security yeah. tagline. And, and my thing is, I feel like but, people live in so much in fantasy land now. Why would we not be ready to know if there are, if they're not aliens? I think I, we're ready. I would ready. say of all of the time periods that we've existed in, we're definitely more ready now. I think we're receptive Be- to it. Especially with all of the conditioning, uh, with all of the fictional stories we have yeah. about it by now. We're probably more like prone to accept that narrative than any other narrative. Like I, America, for example, specifically America, um, the levels of Christianity have dipped massively in the last couple decades. We talked about that last week. And that's yeah. like one of the biggest things that it threatens as a narrative if aliens existed is your your typical religious dogmas. Well, and since so, the late 30s, our want to believe and see has tripped into overdrive. Yeah, I mean, look at like, the X-Files. Oh, man. I fucking love that show. People want to believe. Yeah. and I was pissed, though, because I tried to watch the newest X-Files that they made back, what was it, like tw- maybe 2010, 2011, or something like that. Yeah. They, uh, they tried to reboot the series. Maybe it was... No, it was like 2015 I, It wasn't or that long ago, but I know what you're talking um, about. But it didn't like, last. The very first episode really hooked me, and it was like, oh, they got this new conspiracy going on. I love it. And then it, the... The next episodes after that were like, oh, God, this is bullshit. So they just... I was hoping it'd be way more alien-focused, and it wasn't. It was kind of a bummer. I want aliens to kind of be real so that we have new stories. Because I feel like now everybody's trying to rehash everything to make a buck instead of discussing possible new ideals, you know? You know the saying, ignorance is bliss? Yeah. I think that comes with, um, you know, historical information as well. Like, I feel like now of all time periods, we just know more about ourselves. We know more about the world. Than we ever have. And so I guess we get bored from that. There's like an inherent boredom in the fact that we know everything now. Like, where are we going to explore? Why do you think we're going to Mars? Like, Also, bored humans <coughs> create sorry. drama. I got phlegm today, guys. So That's I okay. apologize. We're- also, uh, real quick note. We're at my house this week. Oh, yes. Because um, we're yes. recording. You're going to get the episode Sunday. But we're recording on a Thursday at my house because it's of Katie's scheduling fault. issues. Um, but you're probably going to hear some trains. So I do apologize for that. Yeah, but, but trains you know, are whatever. cool. And but I'm poor. I live by train tracks. He's not poor. <laughs> it's, I have to haul cattle and adolescents places on Sunday. So oh, you guys yeah. get this. I mean, life happens. And Brady and I, yeah. one thing you can count on is we're going to be authentically us every episode. Yeah, and exactly. Our children pretty much come first. But, uh, but yeah, wonderfully, we like to hypothesize about aliens. So We do. You well, guys get to go along with that with us, and it's fun. We were talking about so. our favorite movie, because it is one of my all-time favorite movies, Independence Day. Mm. It, it, it's something, and yes, there's a nostalgia factor, because we were both kids when it came out. I will never have... I will never have zero nostalgia for that movie. It would always tr- it always triggers childhood memories, and I just I used to watch it all the time as a kid. It tr- it triggers wonder for me yeah, every I, time I watch it. I'm just like, plus I just like this, the crazy doctor guy. The second movie was all right. I don't want to completely shit all over it. I've only watched it a couple times, but it nothing beats that the first Independence Day movie. Like that was. God-tier filmmaking. Well, and to digress from Aliens, we were talking about that magical 94 to 97 time period where all of these just magnificent convergence of digital versus storytelling. It was like a magic time in the Mm -hmm. human history where you had just movie magic happen because it was narrative magic, it was movie magic, it was just... I hope we get that back because we're it's so stagnant now in the film industry, it seems. Everything's like kind of the same. There's like an an amalgamation of... Well, we're kind of going Different through some sort of weird shift where you're not allowed to be creative because it might piss someone off. China. Yeah, China. I'm not happy with you right now. You That's know, kind of the, like South Park made fun of that for a reason. Oh, like, that episode is one of the greatest episodes of all time. Oh, yeah. If you guys haven't I've seen that, I've watched the, uh, that a million times. The China. Oh, God, I love when he gets on the plane and it's oh. all the different Disney characters. Oh, it's just. 
he's like, like, I'm here to, I'm, I'm try- on my way to China to, to tap into the mar- the weed market over there and make billions. And, then, and it's di- all the Disney characters in the plane with him that he's talking to. And then and they're obviously doing the same thing. He garrots Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> and then he gets there uh, and it turns out, you know, weed's not legal in China. Yeah, so he gets arrested that. and thrown in one of the Chinese prisons. And it's just fucking glorious. Everything that about episode, that episode was perfect. I feel like every American should watch that episode because uh-huh. we're rapidly, like, China literally comes out now in the media because they have a friend in our president. And they'll just tell us, you better not do this. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. Who do you think you are? Like, you Yeah, I, I don't understand. Well, you know what? We could go on a tirade about that. We're not going to. Today's not about aliens. To, uh, politics aside. Um, We're just annoyed at China right now. Th- but, there, but there's always like a mixture of politics and aliens because our... The powers that be have to hold all the glorious information from us plebs, and well, we're I not allowed. We're literally, it's insulting because we're not allowed to know about aliens. Because we're they not exist. able to handle yeah. it, which groups well, of humans are terrifying, Brady. I'm not sure if it does, though. I mean, Elon Musk brought up a really good point on the latest Joe Rogan episode he was on about, like, you know what, if they existed, we would have found proof by now. If they existed and are visiting Earth, I should say. Yeah, he doesn't believe they don't exist elsewhere in the universe. But he believes if they if were they ever visited, contacted Earth, some we would definitely, like, almost 100% know about it by now. Like, But you can't read about again, aliens our, without the government cover-up narrative exactly, being a part so of it. That's yeah. something I don't, maybe, I don't think he considered in, in his assertion of that. Because it's like, uh, there are ridiculous amounts of stories of sightings of weird aircraft. You have the fucking, uh, the, the Fravor. The Commander Fravor stories oh, yeah, the, and the pilot. The, the pilot, and somehow that was able to be leaked out. We're in this time where it's like we're getting a slow drip of this, and I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. And maybe it was a distraction, it was don't like a you red feel herring that way about everything. But like, there's there's these there's this weird like um, thing going on where we're we're starting to get official sources telling us basically that hey, there's something here. Yeah, but they have discredited themselves so badly at That's this point true. that it's hard to know if what they're saying is real or just theater to get but their own way or to distract us. I've also heard this Fravor story. Well, I believe <coughs> that Commander he, John yeah, Fravor, I that, believe that's his name. an accurate. Like he was on Lex Friedman's account. podcast. Which yes. have you not listened to that episode yet? I haven't listened to that episode, it's but I, I, shout out to Lex. You are a wonderful, beautiful human yeah, being. I, will shout I out. really, really enjoy your podcast. I just enjoy him. He well, seems like a genuine human. I, I cannot wait. I want to meet him someday. I don't know how. Well, he has such I a want desire. Want to at least go see him speak at a conference or something. He like, has he's a amazing. desire to learn that I really yeah. identify with. He's learning solely for the joy of existence. You know what I mean, and to furthering your mind. Really good podcast if you haven't yeah. listened to the Lex Freeman show. And but, he has really uh, neat guests. Sorry, go ahead. Yes. But he he, had, I didn't know he, he had oh, that no, guy on okay. there. Yeah, he had Commander John Fraser I'll have to on. go back in time. And yeah. uh, Joe Rogan had him on. And I think he's been on a couple other shows. He went on the news. And he is allowed to disclose quite a bit of information of that particular story. And because he's it's not, out there. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but it's also he was directly involved in it. And if you guys don't know, there's... A couple of years ago, the New York Times released videos that came straight from the Pentagon, unaltered, like straight from an archive in the Pentagon. It was in 2018, the, I believe. Yeah, so right around the same time, we also found out that there was a Pentagon secret program, black program, that tracked not only UFO stories, but like actual radar phenomenon and um, sightings from our own military and satellites and stuff like that. And there was a program of the Pentagon. Of course, you know, being the defense establishment, they have to be open-minded to all types of threats of course um so they had this program to monitor these phenomenon and uh at the same time we were given at least the new york times was given three different videos that were from 
extremely advanced targeting systems on our extremely advanced aircraft that were out doing drills or whatever, and they came across these un- uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, which is now the new it's buzzword. UAF, yes. they, they, see, now, now the establishment has changed the wording of it all this because of the stigma of the past that they created, by the way. Um, there's also other ties to, like, I don't want to digress too much, but I will mention Project Blue Book, which was admittedly by the Pentagon or by the CIA a PSYOP to... Discredit? To basically make UFO people sound really crazy so that they could cover up, you know, that black program that I was just talking about. It sounds sort of familiar the throughout program. the existence of our government. Yeah. Make people look nutty so that what we're actually doing looks crazy too. Exactly. And they admitted yeah. to have done that. Like, these are this was de- part of the big declassification thing yeah. that we got, like, what, 10 years ago or something like that? That's why skepticism's good. Yeah, because what happened, I think, was WikiLeaks got invented, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, we better spill some of our secrets before they get out on accident. So they just started unloading all of these, like, 1960s crap that they were involved in, and everyone's like, oh, okay, hmm. well, that was a long time ago, our government would never do anything bad now. Why do people believe that lie? I don't know. Because there's another community it's out there, a very because big good at and vibrant community. It's the cryptid community. <laughs> oh, the, I love and the cryptid community. My husband's way into the cryptid community. But he, <laughs> so good. He, so he has a Canadian, a hateful Canadian that's an outfitter, lives up in BC, I believe, and he his entire YouTube channel is devoted to giving people a place that go through experiences with these yeah. animals or whatever they are, creatures. Cryptids, yeah. Cryptids. And he, they send him e- emails, and he reads them out loud and says, you're not alone. That is literally all that he does. He doesn't judge them. He gives them a space. And you would not believe the amount. Now, some of them may be that, crazy. That practically opens the floodgate for people who want to feel special to tell a story, though. It does. I mean, and well, and I, I talk to him about this all the time. But then he's like, even if one of the 300 were real. That's the thing, though. Yeah, that's the, And I was talking one. about with aliens. And it's that like, might be why they enacted Project Blue Book. Is because, because there was probably some real shit going out into the like you know your basic little news stories like look what happened with um, Bob Lazar yeah Filled and that's it. a whole nother ball game like we talked about it a little bit in the last Alien episode we did but Bob Lazar's story is so fucking fascinating and completely undebunkable if at you this fill point. the conscious space with noise then yeah. no one will be able to take the time he, or inclination to find out what's real and what isn't like we would not well, maybe we would by now but at the time they would not have known about Area 51 at all period like that it was even in a U.S. military base or that it existed at all mm-hmm. if it weren't for Bob Lazar. And I don't know. We still don't know what they're doing there. We can speculate all day long. We'll never get any official answer. It, they, it took years and fighting and tooth and nail bullshit just to get them, just to get the U.S. government to admit that there's an actual base there and that it exists at all. That's all we've gotten. And just think, that's just our <laughs> But they government. lied about it. There's there are their other superpowers yeah. in this world with defense departments like Russia yeah. and Europe, and you have China. What's going on there? What stories that's do they have? I mean, if we have Area 51, what we're do doing have? it. At the very least, we're, we're experimenting with extremely classified aircraft there. Like 100%. Yeah. That's, oh, that's sure. 100% true. I like, absolutely believe we that. We all know about the 1960s, the, the, the Blackbird Project. Um, project it, Blackbird, it's probably called yeah. something different, the project itself back then. But we call it Project Blackbird, which is that SR-71 um, super super spy plane, basically. Which is an interesting aircraft. It still holds the uh, aircraft speed record, I guess, by the way. But, um, like, uh, Elon Musk is obsessed with his aircraft. He named his fucking kid after it. Well, you know... But we, th- we nobody knew about that, and then we used it in plenty of missions for the Cold War, right? And spied and heavily spied. with it. Uh, I think one of them crashed, actually, in Russia at one point. There's a big thing about that. Did you ever see that? It's a really old Clint Eastwood movie. I think it actually predates me being born, but uh, Firefox. Yeah. 
love that movie yeah. where he goes in and steals the i wonder if that's, that's so cool. project blackbird though like a, an, an ode to it yeah well and my husband was in intelligence and a lot of things in the military and he the tech that we are using in the public sphere now they had and were using 30 years ago i was gonna so say it what is it like 20 me, years behind yeah so it makes me wonder you know and then i also when i was at my i went and visited my nephew he's a, a nuclear chemist um or what is it? A quantum chemist. Oh, God, yeah. Grad student. Quantum. But he said what they're working on in the colleges is 50 years from us being used in the public square, mm-hmm. basically. So I think about the tech that our government and everybody are utilizing and how far beyond we are and behind we are. And then it makes me wonder, mm-hmm. that would seem like alien to us. Oh, for sure. You know, so is that the UFO stuff? Yeah. Is that... Well, let's look at the internet, for example. Okay. It started out as a defense program. It was a DOD Called DARPAnet. Yep. I think it was something else before that, when they when it was very first conceived. I can't remember. I can't remember, remember that, it. but it eventually yeah. was took on the name DARPAnet. Yep. And it was basically Skynet, where they were trying to, to hook up all these missile systems and defense systems together to talk to each other um, from vast distances. Yeah. Using satellites and shit. <laughs> and it started out as DARPAnet, and you know what DARPA is, is the, uh, it's... Defense agency. It's a private organization, yep. but it contracts through the government to create basically high-tech military stuff. If you want to read a cool, like, historic, like, fiction books that are based with DARPA scientists doing cool CIA-ish things, uh, Steve Rollins, or, mm-hmm. what is his name? James Rollins writes these books about, they're, like, military people that become DARPA scientists, oh. and then they fight neat things. Oh, cool. James Rollins is fun. a cool author. They're just fun to read. <laughs> but you, you brought up DARPA, and he kind of goes, you know, like, yeah. they have a, their base is under the National in- Smithsonian, and yeah. it's pretty cool. And, and, but DARPAnet, I believe that was in the 60s. It was a long time ago, 60s or 70s, 70, back when computers the 70s. took up a whole yeah. entire room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that was the internet, as yeah. we know it. It was communication, yeah. That's exactly how the internet works now. They were using it back then. But we didn't get it in the public sphere until it hit college. For some reason, the... It always goes to college. the educational, uh, the education industrial complex, if you want to call it that, first. And then um, they use it to, you know, have little chat rooms between campuses so they could, like, you know, share information throughout the colleges and then it connected colleges to other colleges and there was like this huge information sharing network and then all these companies were like hey we could use that otherwise and then it became the internet as we know it today and slowly evolved into a big shopping mall so it's yeah wish.com <laughs> the adpocalypse happened right around the early 2000s and here we are well i first so. sent an email as a high school freshman in alaska and we had a lot of money in our school because of logging mm-hmm. revenue and it was in 1995. And in that time, all it was was just a blinking DOS-like screen. And yeah. you could not delete anything. You had to do code, then what you wanted to say. And oh, I, I emailed. Those times, man. You could not delete. You could not backspace. And I, I sent an oh. email, hi, how are you, to a college professor in University of Alaska's extension in Juneau. Yep. And I remember feeling like the coolest person in the entire universe because I was talking through a computer. Exactly. The idea of it. It was so simplistic, though. And we had one of those Jurassic Park satellite phones <laughs> in the logging camp I lived in. And you would say hello, and then it would have to bounce like a CD or CB radio. So much latency, and then you so you would talk over your grandma a lot. The funny thing is that's we have satellite phones nowadays, but they are they function way the the basic function of it is exactly the same. Light years beyond, but there's so many more satellites now that the latency is and the processing power of the phone itself is a lot. Faster, well, so. yeah, the processing speed is and they, much... And the, the, uh, the signal length is definitely Still a lot Still felt better. pretty cool to talk to Grandma that but way. But it's funny because 
functionality-wise, it's exactly the same. And that's why I'm wondering with a lot of UFO stuff, is it just advanced tech being tested? And that's why there's continuity? See, the or is, is like, it actually aliens? Because there are universal alien look memes at the, uh, the Look at the F-117A and the B-2 bomber, the two, mm-hmm. the two stealth planes oh, I have that looked we at them in person. You um, did not cross those the were, line. Those were extremely classified projects. Yeah. During the Gulf War, I believe. The first Gulf War. You, Bush Senior. Even now, and if you go on like, a base with a minute, you cannot. If you, get close if to you them. were to have seen one of those for the very first time, again, no media coverage about it. It doesn't. You just see one because there's, they're they're secret planes, so you're not going to ever like get a fucking uh, History Channel documentary on it, right? Like they do with some other aircraft because mm-hmm. they're not historic yet. So no. you're just looking up at the sky one day, and you hear an airplane, you look up because you like to look at airplanes, and you see one of those fucking bad boys, and it's a black arrow. Yeah. Because it's a flying wing type of aircraft. Yep. So it's just this black arrow looking thing. Definitely looks like an alien spacecraft. I remember the first time I saw one, it was 2002, 2003, um, uh, you know, right after September 11th and everything. And I lived right by Fairchild Air Force Base in, you know, in Spokane, mm-hmm. Washington. Mm-hmm. It, this is a huge Air Force and Base. So it's the biggest. Yeah, they refill. It's a refilling base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, but they, were, they were flying a bunch over there, I believe, for the air show. Mm. That was coming up. They were finally revealing the we planes. We used to have that, yeah. And um, to the public. And so I saw them flying over my house freaking out because I didn't know what the fuck they were. I had to ask like my uncle at the time. like, hey. Well, yeah, and you were like, what the hell is you that? Were, like 12. So you're all like, is what that? is this? Yeah, I was like, is that fucking aliens? Well, are we getting invaded? Okay. Like they look alien. Like, so imagine. Because could it's be not... experiment. Like, let's take the alien part of the equation out and just focus on the supposed craft everybody keeps seeing all over the world it could just be advanced craft but here's here's what gets me though because we could say that it might be experimental aircraft from the government possibly right mm-hmm. maybe they've cracked the anti-gravity like uh, equations and all that whatever Where, well you know we do have harriers <clears throat> so yeah we've had those for so a while maybe yeah they've, they maybe they've cracked the anti-gravity equation maybe they've created enough of that element 115 to be able to or so superconductors we're kind of getting into these realms okay but why is there also so many ancient stories of the same shaped craft and also let's so this might could give us explanations into the bright lights and flight disc other than what you just said but then there's also all of the first hand and second hand accounts of behavioral things like probing yeah we talked about that's what it gets me i'm and you know these and then i still get hung up on the cow thing is that that's what brought up this geographical thing because like in midwest a lot of alien sightings happen in there's not a lot of people in the american midwest if you don't know it's very open Mm -hmm. and so it's a lot of cornfields and so you have like your crop circles you have your probing you have i don't know what their deal is with cows and so then i got to thinking okay now we saw that ireland is the uf capital of europe okay yeah, so, so through like Katie's research, she realized for some reason Ireland is the big. Yeah. They're the hot spot, the the main hub of UFO sightings in Europe. And is that because you know, like storytelling capabilities? Because I know some Irish people. See, that's like, what I want to say. Like hypothetically, you want to have the best story at the bar, right? And there's a huge the pub, pub yeah. culture over there. Like that's all they fucking do. But then it is they a mystical. They work the fields all day, and they end up at the pub at the end of the day. It's a mystical place too. You've got a lot of like whole their whole ley line stuff, that's true, you know. Yeah. And it's a it's a weird part of the earth where there's some ancient stuff. Going I don't know how much I Romans believe about there. these ley lines. I though. don't either. But you still the Q shaman really seemed to think that one goes under Washington D.C. and he was trying to embed Tap into positive it. energy into that ley line. Oh, don't get me started on that. That was his man. defense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting. I heard it live. First 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 live story of that was on Alex Jones. By the way. Well, and that's just, jeez, Alex. That's the thing, though. Alien culture, alien stories, alien mythos, it, mythology. It's so there's it's like a layer cake. 
It's not yeah. just craft. It's it, there's, there's also so other things. It. And yeah. so how do you how do you t- peel <laughs> apart the layers and inspect and that you, objectively? Then you have like the or- have you heard the flying orb stories and shit? Yes. And then like the government obviously is like it's ball lightning. Oh, I, well, then they're weather balloons. I have seen. Ball I love lightning. the government's excuse for it things. It does look alien. I know some I, of it's so lazy. I love how it's like they always say it's a weather balloon, right? There's it's a meme now. There's it's a weather balloon. There's a lot of damn weather balloons. But like, come on. They take a story. They literally no. They don't have an idea. Because people have debunked them, too. Yeah. Pe- people have gone, okay, they've got a response from the Navy, and then they said it was a weather balloon, right? Yeah. But then they go and they look, and there was no supposed weather balloons being that going that day, because they went to, like, the National Weather, whatever. Yeah, because it's the NOAA. Use, yeah, it's they NOAA. go to the NOAA, and the, the NOAA says there was no weather balloons in the area at the time. So the it's weird that the military would just jump to a, a quick, like, let's just fucking throw them off the trail real quick. Yeah, but there's then that some gives conspiracy that. theorists never-ending fodder because anytime there's a yeah, chemical leak... Yeah, but that's, leak, why, it gives, that's a, why people have conspiracies. A chemical leak. You know, yeah, oh, they, yeah, they yeah, always... Yeah. Every time they throw <laughs> one of those generic <laughs> things in there, to me, it's just... I, feel, I call Swamp it, gas. That was the other one. Swamp gas. I the call Roswell it a, one. That was swamp gas. I call it a place filler. Yeah. I think they have these little sentences that they throw in there in yeah. place when they don't have a proper press hiding? release. I don't why know. Why would they throw it out there if they have nothing to hide? I also think that military people and government people in general do not like to take the blame for anything. And so if you have a place filler, it gives you they don't, cover your they don't want the responsibility of answering, maybe, too. Because then you can or, be the fall guy. Or they're just conducting secret aircraft testing that they just can't admit it. And they're so powerful, they can just throw out whatever BS yeah, they want to. plausible through. deniability. Oh, gross. Compartmentalization of information. They've done this for since the fucking con- since America was conceived. You watch the British. They've compartmentalized yeah. everything for a reason. So Most that it, well, originally it was so that we don't become corrupt. Well, that's not worked very well. No, it kind of hasn't, has it? Um, any British, older British show you watch is the National Secrets Act. Oh, yeah. They well, use they, that for they everything. They have a secret military base in uh, in Great Britain as well. I can't remember what it's called, mm. but it's their version of Area 51. Yeah, Everybody has too. their own Area 51 story, too. So there's just so many different continuities between all this different esoteric shit, and I love it. I just love it. But that's what breeds these giant, vast conspiracies all the time is because nobody's government is being truthful, so we have to basically come up with our own fucking story and it goes off the fucking rails because people like david ike go out there and write books about the archons the archon lizard and the people. pleiadians oh the pleiadians that's a fun rabbit hole well and that's the thing i just wonder if one government would have the balls to come out and just say it and burst everybody's bubble with Canadian. conspiracy theories canada did i know but would conspiracy theories continue to exist like humans seem to have to have oh, yeah, fantasy well, to well, even that'll function be, that'll be something we have forever i, I think. guess so it doesn't I even just matter don't- I don't know we if could I be like in, them we could be in a, the narrative. We could be in a literal utopia. And there's still right? Uncle with, Bob. With a perfect government that is never corrupt, but then we would have a conspiracy. Uncle Bob course, would be yeah. out in the corner. I think there's books about that, too. Is there a psychology like, book? Like dystopian books about, like, people who live in an actual utopia, mm-hmm. but then there's, like, the, there is a vast conspiracy going on about something, like well, AI um, or something what going is crazy. It? I don't know. Uh, Divergence is like that. Divergence, yeah. There's a lot of young adult fiction that, uh, that plays on that. Ooh, have you ever theme. seen the movie The Island? Yes, a long time with, ago. Uh, you, with Scarlett Obi-Wan Johan and Johansson's in that movie. Yeah, I fucking love that movie. But that's yeah. kind of an example, with too. With Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's they not painted, Ewan McGregor They, they created this world where, mm-hmm. like, you could... Um, there's this, like... Uh, and this is slightly irrelevant to what we were talking about, but I just had to bring it up for some reason. It triggered my memories of this movie. Whereas, like, they have this island where they grow clones for basically organ harvesting. Yep. And the clones have no idea that they're clones. They just think this is the world, and there's an apocalypse that happened, and yep. they're stuck... They were just generations past, born onto this island... And they're just surviving in this, like, uh, like basically a little dystopian 
compound. And then they were harvested for rich people. And they people. just go with it. Yeah. And then like one of them Sounds obviously like China. obviously to create a good story, one of them has to diverge and go, "Oh, what's going on here?" and they find out the secrets behind the curtain, and then they get out into the real world and meet their the guy who cloned made the clone of himself. I fucking love that movie. I haven't watched that in a God, long time. God, it's a good movie. movie. The thing is, so is I think you hit on an important thing. Humans would never be happy in a dystopian no. or, or in a, to- a and, utopian. And that's scenario. another point they touched on in the Matrix, where the machines oh, yes. who created the artificial world that our consciousnesses yeah. live in, in order to harvest our actual energy from our bodies that weren't in, that you know weren't inside the we Matrix. We were to ourselves. Yep. Um, the architect was explaining how they had created a perfect utopia for everybody to live in, but we didn't want to live there. And it caused massive, like, uh, like losses rioting and losses yeah. of life. Or people just wouldn't be alive and they just gave up and committed suicide or something. Like that. They, it was kind of vaguely, like, it was, it was ambiguous enough to where you could kind of think about it. And that's a, a lot of a lot of that in that movie, by the way. Could the sisters make but, a movie about that scenario? Because I'd like to watch that. Um, there's a lot of, like, extended universe lore. They had, like, the Animatrix and a bunch of, like, graphic novels came out about it. They probably touched on I that. I like yeah. people's... You know what's funny, though, is I don't want to go... There, There's... Okay, let's diverge a little bit. There's a no, huge nerd culture where people go and they create all of this lore to go along with popular things that they like. Warhammer, 40K, I'm looking at you. Star um, Wars oh, man. is probably the biggest one. My thing is, though, is take the cream of the crop and turn it into just pure fantasy for yeah. people to enjoy. Because well, I don't want to spend all of my life in these fake worlds when I live in already true. a simulation anyways. But think about how much better these fake worlds would be portrayed if, like, let's just use Star Wars, for example. Okay. If fucking Lucasfilm would do what they used to do and just allow free agency on their franchise... To create? To create, because that's what they used to do, and then that's why we had like 3,000 Star Wars video games come out in the span of 10 years, because they were like, anybody's up, you just buy the license and you can make a Star Wars video game, no matter who you are, indie developers, big companies, doesn't matter. And now they've clamped down, all these different companies, not just Star Wars, but all these different companies have clamped down on their intellectual property and said, nope. Well, and see, every time I think see a thing of absolute creative beauty, I realize that would not exist if the world was perfect. That's true. Because we create these worlds. Pain equals art, usually. Yes, it? we create these worlds that like transform us places because of the not the imperfections, and it's the that that I love about being human. Mm-hmm. I wish people would rejoice more in the fact that we are exist. We exist. Yeah, I I definitely do every day. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I can complain I'm very about happy stuff. we exist. Brady and I like but grumble about I, stuff all the time. But that, that 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 leads me to my like. I guess cognitive dissonance as to how the world got the way it did is like no is nobody happy we exist anymore why did we confine ourselves to these societal constraints because that I- we have when Life could be so much more than what we are experiencing right now than just oh, let's go to work and build up the infrastructure of life and blah blah blah. I mean, I'm glad that we get cattle the, are malcontent. Yeah, I'm glad that we get the like technological and infrastructural like growth that we have in this country, at least particularly, and a lot of places around the world did the same thing. But at what cost? Like, what are what are we really living for anymore? And what's the real end? Ga- We've talked about this before. It's like there's no real end game to anything anymore. It's just let's just keep going. Run this bitch at 300% forever. The machine just keeps going. Yeah. That reminds me of the mortal engines. You know, the, the city-states that were going around eating all the other city-states. Uh, what is that book? Uh, they made a movie about oh, it, too. You know what know. I'm talking about. But the, And then it's just like, why? Why were you still going? It was just to keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like to go, point? What does to it go really, to just keep going. Where does this end? Well, and that's why to be alive and exhibit love. And I'm not talking about squishy, like... Gross love. I mean, agape love. the I'm talking about agape, which is the highest form of love. It's that care of others above yourself thing. Nothing yeah. is greater than the, that. The godlike, pure, pure unconditional love. love. That's yeah, and I'm not is. saying any of the other ones are, are are in like bad. It's just that there's a yeah. lack of fulfillment in life now, where everybody has got comfort 
And then what? Like you said. Yeah, but then what? Yeah. And then Are what? We, is that what we're building towards? Is like this infinite comfort utopia? Basically, we're in. We're building towards the matrix. What the matrix is. Yeah. But then it's gonna repeat itself. It's gonna be a fractal at some point. Because I feel then, like. Because once we get to the utopia, then there's nothing to do there. I feel like whoever wrote Wally, are, was Wally was tapped into amazing. that because the humans on that. That movie made me feel so weird. I did. I, that was a very. Whoever, that was genius level genius and that yeah, also Pixar is awesome like that we there was no like we left sorry that we've diverged so far from what? the alien story but fuck it um Isn't i do want to talk of... about the pixar theory have you heard of that the well, overarching oh you're talking about yeah <sighs> oh there's all sorts of lore again i think one. it's just a conspiracy theory just the same kind of caliber as a conspiracy theory because it's not like pixar has come out and just like detailed hey we, we have this overarching story going through all of the different pixar movies but at the same time, there's so much correlation between them. But it's like, where's the line between this is just a, a, a kind of a cool reference. Easter egg type thing. Easter yeah. egg. And this is actually like a conspiracy going on in, in Pixar. But it's it's a really cool theory. If you look up the Pixar theory, um, the Carlin Brothers is a really good YouTube channel that details the Pixar theory if you all want to check it out. But it um, it's amazing. It's like it paints a picture of this dystopian world. They jump across all these timelines in the movies, but they've created uh, the Carlin brothers kind of went through and created a time, a basic timeline of it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like this, this like I'm gonna butcher this, but I'm gonna do the best I can. It's like this dystopian world where like basically human souls are consumed as energy, just like in the Matrix, kind of. Like eventually in the future, the robots are take over, but then in the past, it was like it's all had to do with all these souls and like. It's really, it's a really weird, it's a really esoteric theory. It's kind of cool. But it kind of does exist in the in all the different Pixar movies. Like, Toy Story is an ex- a good example of it, too. And they all have this, like, company that makes batteries and stuff that pops up in, like, Toy Story. And that's the same company from WALL-E. Monsters, And all this Inc. other stuff. And in Monsters, Inc. And the Monsters, Inc. is a weird... See, it's weird because QAnon thinks Monsters, Inc. is, like, a allegory for like the adrenochrome but it's not it's a bunch of bullshit but there's still like the pixar theory is amazing i'm gonna stop talking about it because i'm butchering it and i can't, and I can't get my thoughts straight about it because I, I just i don't know it's been a long time since i actually watched the pixar theory shit but go and look it up it's amazing but again i think it kind of boils down to a conspiracy theory well and don't you think that everything we're talking about today is it's the one big question why yeah, well, why, are all, why are we here why are we, why are we? and well, that and that alien thing our alien thing the pixar thing all of that plays into that question that i think everybody's trying to answer but now are we really trying to answer it because we've answered so many questions are we bored probably is that why people so we're reaching out we're and we've draw, made we're life so easy that now people are just trying to amuse themselves and amusement is cheap and bleeding <clears throat> i've been quite amused by the <clears throat> myriad Excuse of entertainment me. options we have nowadays though it's almost overwhelming to me yeah. that's almost all i do anymore though because like again i have what am i really living for i've, I've got to raise my children that's my main responsibility outside of that i don't have much of a purpose at the moment i don't have too much time to even put into a big purpose other than this podcast well but which has creating... kind of been my main like thing i do other than raise children so well i'm, I'm further along it, in but... the children raising frame yeah. it's a different type of draw now energy draw and so i'm heading back more into the why i want to create i i'm i'm starting to be less interested in the why and more interested in that how do we how do we optimize our existence here because that's really more important yeah the we're never gonna part. i don't think knowing why will ever optimize our existence so i love to learn but anything, i don't need to just, know why everything works i think it'll just bum us out you lose the sense of wonder when you know everything. Yeah. And I feel like that's happening. Yeah, we've explored all of Earth and colonized the whole goddamn rock. 
So now still... what do we do? We look outward and go, okay, well, we need to find out more about... And then the more we find out about space, the more existential dread we have. Yeah. Because we realize, oh, shit, we're tiny. So, yeah, it's like the more we know, the more miserable we're actually going to be. But the more that you spend in wonder, the more joy you have. Mm-hmm. So, like, back... Imagine being in, like, the time of the Sumerians. You didn't know a goddamn thing. And you just had to accept... It was so... Everything was so wonderful at the time. You had to accept the joy of just being mm-hmm. alive. Because every day was... It's like, and you could... If you got appendicitis, you were yeah. dead. That's why they worshipped all these gods at the time. Because that's what they thought happened. Was that there was these, out, these magnificent forces. Way beyond human control or comprehension. That caused the sun to rise every day. And caused the crops to grow. And they created these beautiful allegories for it. Because they couldn't, they had no language to really properly describe. They didn't have the scientific method back then, yet they were onto something. <clears throat> and the more they found out, they, the more questions it unleashed. But then now we're here, and we've you know answered yeah, we, all those questions. Now. But today we learned we have a about definitive it's scientific a girl. There's always something yeah. to be discovered. There's always something to learn. And I feel like well, we shouldn't allow the availability of is, entertainment yeah. to kill that sense of wonder in us. Right. I think that might be part of it. Well, of course, that's another thing, too, is, like, the more stories, especially how elaborate and just, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. The literal definition of fantastical yeah. that these stories get, and they are nowadays. Oh, it's, over, it's incredible. But it's also, like, raising our threshold for that fantasticness, yeah, some, whatever the okay, word is. Okay, guys, think back to your kids when you were younger. And something that was just blew your mind. Something simple, too. Is now probably boring to you because you're yep. so used to the fantastical. So it's the law of diminishing returns at its finest. Oh. So even with stories and, and stuff like that, with fantasy, now the bar's so high with like, with your Marvels and your Star Wars and your bajillion dollar franchises. And actually it's boring. That we have to keep raising the bar and like, where's it really going to go? And we're going to run out of, also, we're going to run out of fantasies, too. One I of, think. One of my, uh, that's well, my fear. I think that's you. one of my existential fears is that one we're going to run out of fantasies. One of my biggest pet peeves is when there's, they substitute technological awesomeness for lazy writing. True. Nothing is more engaging as a human than good narrative. Good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's something that's universal across every one of our cultures. And yeah, when's if you the last watch, time we got an original story? If you watch, well, and the, the elements that make story up, beginning, middle, end, here, all of the narrative pl- plots and stuff, they aren't going to change. No. That, Again, I, we touched on this. There's like seven yeah. formats of a story. And yeah. even those seven are very similar to how you tell a story that will actually emotionally engage the, the listeners of the story. What will keep it going forever is that every single one of us to ever exist is going to have a unique experience in life. Mm-hmm. And so we will be able to use that unique experience to put something new onto that format and make an amazing story. It happens every time I... Sometimes I read something and I'm just blown away. And so I think that we'll keep it going, but you're right. What I see, and I'm hoping I'm wrong, but what I've seen recently, especially with your mainstream forms of entertainment, is that every story's already been told. They just put a new shine on it, a new set of special effects, make it in 3D. That's why I'm worried. Make a better T-shirt for it. I guess Put, in, make a better video game for it. But my, that's about it. But the story itself, the essence of what essence. makes it a story, the essence of the emotional connection we have with it, the relatability, or the fantasy itself. It's. I think it's. We've touched on everything by now. So now it's like, what do we do? What do we go from here? And doesn't it make you feel in like your core that we're hurtling towards something bad? Like I think about this a lot. Like we're hurtling to, towards some sort of wall. And what happens when humans or, are like corralled or in a box? They yeah, react badly. It's bad. And so I, I. And it's not. I am an optimist. I love 
being happy and in state of wonder all the time, but I feel this weird sense of dread, and I sometimes wonder if it's a collective sense of dread as a it humanity. It seems that way because everybody is so there is negative, a and there's of dread. A, there's a collective sense of dread. Now, I don't know if that collective sense of dread is coincidence, and we we're just all experiencing it at the same time, or if there is like an actual connectedness to it. Well, we talked about loss of spirituality, yeah, and not in a woo way. I mean, just you have to have some sense of spirituality as a human. You there, there seems to be written into our, mm. and people are substituting. So many things for it. Um, the I brought up Zeitgeist, the movie, last yeah, episode. Um, but I want to just focus on the word Zeitgeist. What it is is the overarching mood of society Ours as a whole. Ours is very pessimistic right now. But just think about that just for a second. The overarching mood of society as a whole. Okay. Right? That's what a Zeitgeist is. So that kind of implies that there is some kind of connected... Hive mind. Hive mind in a way. No, it's, that's stigmatized a little bit too. Well, you know, I know it's what not you're like talking. we're like ants or bees okay, or something. But like, about... there seems to be some kind of a connection to all of our consciousness. There's a where universal we kind of feel the feel. Emotion that's, is what that's you're saying. The, yeah, that's what the yeah exactly. That's kind of what the word zeitgeist kind of means. It's collective it's, emotion. Is that's the picture that word paints is kind of a collective collective emotion that we all and we're definitely all it's unanimous right now. Doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. There's, there's like color. this, there's this dread there that is. we all feel. It really is, and it, maybe it's the, gl- the the global pandemic, the degradation of everybody's fucking politics. Maybe it's a community. We're connected in a communicative way that we've never been in history, and yeah. so maybe we all have always felt this, and now we're able to feel it together. It might be amplified by the fact Thank that you, we amplified. have the the global technology, the global communication technology now. And That's on that, a whole other level than we've ever had access to. And that goes back to UFOs. That mm-hmm. is a collective feeling. We It is a collective narrative. It is something mm-hmm. that transcends all continents. That's true. Yeah, where did it... I, nobody can really pinpoint... I've tried to find this before. I've watched a lot of documentaries and read a lot of articles and books. But they, nobody can really pinpoint the exact moment that the story of extraterrestrials really exploded. You can kind of trace its media presence in like movies, books, and comics and stuff like that. But the idea existed long before that. And I don't, we don't know where exactly it's had people exploded. coming from the stars all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. Is every ancient culture we've ever found some kind of a recorded history of has stories of... Visitors. Visitors from the heavens. Obviously, you know, you can translate that however you want, but the essence of it is, you know, something came from space or from the sky. Even the Bible has stories of, like, flying chariots that the... We have, yeah. And, like, the story of Atlantis has the same thing. Well, was like, much, what, we obviously didn't have airplanes back then, so what was flying around? What do they see in the stars? What do they see in the heavens? We, as a, why do we, as a species, I, I've read a lot about this anthropologically, consider visitors with such hostility. Like, it's the never, <laughs> yeah. look at Avatar. Because we Visitors don't are always it. hostile. Like, yeah. well, and is it because it's well, not part of our norm, and so we have to be hostile towards it? Or are we just hostile to, to different? There's a, uh, there's a thin line between, like, hostile and cautious, too. Because if aliens really invaded, I don't know if necessarily we would launch a full-fledged military strike against them, On you know, as far as warfare is concerned. But I'm definitely sure we would raise our defenses. Like, we'd go into DEFCON, whatever, and we, we would be like, okay, okay, this is scary. What's going on? We're going to be cautious. Well, and I feel like our leadership would be almost, what is the word, 
aggressive because think about it for them to get here before we get to them that means their technology would be far beyond ours and so they the people that run our stuff our government they would be like well they could kick our butts yeah and so they're gonna be a little hostile i get that defensive i guess is the right word it's like when you enter into some animal's territory the animal might not want to attack you but you've entered into oh yeah look at bears for example yeah yeah they're not necessarily going to go out of their way to be aggressive towards humans or otherwise they'd have taken over cities like crazy by now like think about that for a second but if you enter their territory in the forest they're going to be extremely defensive and if they get uh, just a tiny if they get pushed over that little edge of of getting spooked they will fuck you up i feel like that also goes back to it's a good example the immigration issue Uh, that's true it's it's uh there's a lot of more variables uh, involved in that than just territory it's also like economics there's a lot our voting system. There's but a lot I'm of talking stuff about tied popular opinion. A lot of it that probably point. goes to that psychological thing of you're invading my home. Yeah. And there's I a, feel like that's being manipulated by the powers that be. There's definitely a territorial aspect Instead to that of, whole thing. <clears> and I think be, we, we definitely should drop that particular angle on it, though, as well, humans, because it's like... You're There's no such thing as a border. We all know that for sure. Like well, we can paint, line. We can paint a line on Google Maps all we want, but realistically, that line doesn't really exist... Sometimes there's oceans between countries, but really, I mean, you can just get in a boat and cross it. I don't like. It's not policy. like there's an actual wall. Like there's very no. limited countries in this world that have an actual wall. I don't like a policy them. that dehumanizes people. Yeah. Because we are all the people. At the same time, I don't like it that people feel entitled to other yeah. people's things. So yeah. there, there needs to be a discussion, <laughs> an honest discussion about everything, and I feel like that needs to happen with aliens too. Yeah. Um, certain circles are having honest discussions about these things. The certain circles that are in power. But, I want to talk about it without name throwing. But the mainstream discussion of the issue is not. It's super divisive. Yeah. And it's designed that way, I believe, because you'll make no progress yeah. and exploitation can happen. But if you look at like actual discussions they're having in, in Congress and in the Senate, they're legit discussions. It's not like they're just like, it's my way or no, it's my way. Like... That's not how governance That's works. not how governance works. Yeah. That's just the picture they paint on the news about what's going on. And that's dangerous on its own. Well, and you I need to talk to about dig, that all day. You need to but, dig deep enough to find the motives but, of the people speaking. Again, let's pretend for a minute that it's aliens that invaded. Like, yeah, let's look at the let's movie. Look at it. Let's look at the movie Bumblebee or Transformers for a minute because that's a perfect example, too. Okay. Uh, what happens? You know, the aliens come down and they run into a military defense force that is yep. like, what the fuck is going on here? Let's be cautious. Yep. And there's always two sides. You have the scientific community. Going, let's make contact with them. And this, they portrayed this literally in the movie Bumblebee, where you had a military force standing on a road where the Transformers were trying to find Bumblebee, right? Mm-hmm. And so they made contact, and the scientist was like, we got to, let's make communication. Oh, my God, it's the first communication with aliens. And then the big Marine guy, John Cena, of course. Of course. The, oh, the archetype, love it. But he's like, oh, I, I will, the first hint of any kind of danger, I'm going to fucking blow it out of the sky that's very american you know what i mean oh yeah of course yeah get my gun this was a very intentional story writing procedure (laughs) but it's a it's it's that question like how exactly would we respond again back to the beginning of the podcast let's pretend the border crisis isn't happening as it is now but it's a bunch of aliens are invading but they're actually just trying to seek a place to live so they're refugees what the fuck would we do and what would other governments of around the world do because again we're never going to answer the 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 question of like how different is UFO and alien stories around the world? I've, we've kind of answered that. They're v- extremely similar. They're There's very similar, not much yeah. notable difference, at least. The differentiation so, is small. But when you frame it in a way of like, what if they were, if it was actually happening and they just wanted a place to live, they're not hostile. They're not actually trying to 
take over planet Earth and harvest the resources because the picture of that is going to be vastly different than they've painted on the TV. They're not going to come down with lasers and blow up the White House. They're just going to start harvesting and we're going to be collateral damage. That's how I believe. Anyway. I feel like that's the governments the... of now would treat them like District 9 yeah. treatment. I but, do. But if I, they weren't, unfortunately. that's the I thing. Think I, think, I think District 9 painted the perfect picture of that. But in that movie, it takes place years after it already happened. And we see kind of like how they're living. They're all like segregated into ghettos. It's a ghetto. It's a yeah. concentration camp. And of course, we're racist against them. Of course we are. And this wasn't even America. That's the funny part. No, it was this South was Africa. in uh, like Eastern Europe. No, it was South Africa. Was it South Africa? Yeah, oh, it was. Sorry. It was. A, it was supposed to be an allegory of apartheid. Yeah. Um. It, it was. It was a good one. Well, and that's just it. Would that's we right, do that? Would we? Would we do that? I think we would right now. Um, I think there might be outcry though. We could say that maybe that's what South Africa would do. How would uh, America treat? We're it? allowing it right now yeah. with the Uyghurs. I, I the, think, but that's in China. How would America deal with this? Because well, we already have an actual immigration issue. We have children stuck but in convention for, centers for the most part. With that, yes, that's a good point. But I was going to say the ones who have already come here have jobs and stuff, and actually, a lot of them stolen are identities in and inner whatnot. cities, and they're living very culturally similar to how they would where they came from. Yes. So then that's, that's an where assimilation the, issue though. I wonder see that's the thing is like we'd never know how these aliens are going to live. We well, kind of have a frame of reference for cultures of human beings. I think back to But if to aliens War, came down we'd be like how on the what's going to happen here? Who are they going to vote for? What I are think they gonna, back are to they World get jobs? War 2 though. Like you know how right, during the blitz they sent the kids to the country and everybody it was their duty to help with these yeah. children to help them. Why aren't we doing that now? I've thought about this a lot. Why are we letting government, who can't run anything efficiently, <laughs> take care of these children? Like, Ugh. even it, how, no matter how you feel about immigration. That's true, though. Like, if, oh, say a bunch of well, poor aliens can't lost money. their home and lived in, or say they're war refugees or whatever, show, yeah. up in, show up in the world. Instead of sticking them in the San Diego Convention Center, why wouldn't <laughs> we take them in? Like, what happened to that spirit of humanity? Have we ever like, done that, though? We did in World War II. Okay. In America, people... Well, why are we so afraid so to do that now? are there... I would like to know, are you out there? Are there groups of people? Because I've thought about this. I've thought about taking in, sponsoring some of these kids on my farm. Because I, I have a history of taking in kids anyways. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know... Think about it. If there was a person that was downtrodden, that's, I think that's sort of written into our creed. Are we not supposed to help them with what resources we have? That's how you make Americans. That's yeah. how you make people that love freedom and assimilate and put their culture into our overarching culture. Was that not our original creed? Was like... Give me your weed. Open arms. Yeah, exactly. Open arms. Well, but then they had to come over on a boat. That's but the thing. now I think have, that's the difference. They came over on a boat yeah. and they landed but on the Ellis Island. The boat. And then they got to vet them. Okay, so I think that's really the issue here. And Sura Bunegaro had it right. You got to come in a boat. Yeah. Apparently, you got to come in a boat. Yeah. So Trojan horse it. People coming across the border in Mexico yeah. now. You need to get in the boat yeah. and just put yeah, the wheels on. Yeah. If you just if you just go around up through the Gulf, you'll probably be better off. Okay. They didn't come through the port. No. Again, I think the problem is, at least some of the fear comes from. The non-vetting process. They'll just let them all in. Also, Gang members and criminals alike, too. They take money from you and give it to people that you have no say in. Yeah. I, think if I don't humans... think that's a problem. If they want to come over here and make money and then send it to their family back in Mexico so they can come up here, what's the shame in that? Oh, I have family members that I just don't live like part the... of that system. My there's also just a lot of There's a lot of gang members coming in. There was... Now, I don't know how much of this is real, but there was supposedly a bunch of Syrian refugees who went to Mexico to get in here so they can come up through Mexico mm -hmm. from Syria... And then enact terrorism. According to the cons according to the racist conspiracy theories Ugh. of the uh, early 2000s, they were trying to come up here and start terrorist cults. 
Um, I don't know how much of that was true. Well, okay. It's okay, though, because we have the NSA, and they can just spy on everybody's phone calls, and then so the, nobody will ever blow up a building again. Don't worry about it. My uncle, I have an actual close to family. See, I can talk about this because I'm not just talking out of my ass. Um, I have an uncle. Him and his brother came up here from Mexico at 16 years old. They were horse trainers, okay? Mm-hmm. They came from Van Horse Trainers. Dude logged all from, like, in the middle of the morning. He worked, like, a million jobs, became an American citizen, now is a multimillionaire because he opened coffee shops and orchards both here and in Mexico. Mm. And he's just been inst- – he, my aunt married him after she divorced my uncle. I have never seen a person work this hard and be that awesome. And yet he's still very Mexican as far as he loves his culture and where he's from. But he's also very American. So okay. I guess my thing is, is why would you want to hate on that? I have How no problem with that. How does that hurt you? No. On the flip side, he – I also understand the other side of the argument where it's like we're making an entire culture of welfare people mm-hmm. because we're not requiring anybody to assimilate, I guess. I don't know. There's That's also their own fault, too. They can go get a job. If they were to find a way to get a, an identity, a U.S. citizen that's identity. That's the problem if you come illegally. Yeah. Then you can't get all the... So that's the thing. I don't know. How do you do But this? they're only coming illegally because the process to get in here is Very slow, expensive. antiquated, expensive. It's completely just dumb. Like... What is the stupid citizen test? The citizen test they have to take. That does every question on there is almost completely irrelevant to like being a U.S. citizen. Well, most U.S. citizens can't even answer the fucking test correctly. I also am very unless you're in like ninth grade and you're freshly learning that stuff. With someone who is sponsored by the Masons, the Masons go around the world. Didn't know this, but they they sponsor young people, young promising people to come to America. They send them with a plane ticket and a hundred bucks. They have to come here and just do their thing. Okay, good. And it took fifteen years for this young man to become a citizen. So he came here when he was sixteen. That's insane. It costs seven thousand dollars over those years. Oh, it's God. like, can you imagine coming up with seven thousand? Like, especially just... if you're trying to come from a country where obviously making seven thousand dollars is fucking impossible. Yeah, well, and that money is that's over fifteen. You know, he had to do all these hoops to jump through mm-hmm. with the State Department, and I'm like, ah, that's all arbitrary. See, I have yeah. no problem with like we definitely just need to completely reform the requirements for immigration, but. I say that because I know for a fact we need to at least vet the people coming in. I just want them to be able to get in. It's not a fucking exclusive club. Let's let them in. But we can't just let them in, just walk over here willy-nilly with no identity. Well, and I've talked That's about not gonna work. with We've people who that. are like anti-nationalists, anti-borders and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, let's talk about just a neighborhood then. Uh-huh. You have the one person that respects no one's stuff at all. You have another person who works. We are all different in our attributes and our we group up by behavior. Yeah. So then you have that to consider too. It's like, do you want that one person who thinks that their dog should shit in your yard and, <laughs> you know, like letting him yeah, do that without... But that's something we can take care of on a personal level. We don't need government to well, decide no, but I'm talking about that's the, I'm talking about the grander scope of it. That's right. the whole point of borders is a fence. Yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, not yeah. as an actual true. fence as a... You talked about vetting people coming in. We it's about to, inviting them. people into your house. And then, yeah. I, yes, I know there's colonialism and everybody's invaders. I just don't and want like, the criminals coming in because there is a lot of them. But we have to figure out a way to get... To block them out, without it, or at least let them prove themselves here. Without maybe they're a criminal in their own country. Usurping people's autonomy too. Yeah, exactly. It's getting so much more restrictive. But this is why this problem is such a nuanced issue. It is a very nuanced issue. But it's like, what do we do? Anybody that says it's an easy fix is stupid. However, locking them all in these little tiny, like basically little mobile homes with a space blanket, sleeping elbow to elbow with a space blanket. That doesn't seem like a good idea either. I'm not saying I know the answer, but I know that's not the answer. I also feel like I'm willing to discuss... And then not letting the media in, by the way. I think the biggest thing is being able to be willing to discuss the problem without name-calling and and realizing that one side is not going to get their complete and sole way on this issue. (sighs) Exactly. And then there's also the... There is an, unfortunately, 
racist attribute mm-hmm. to this whole problem too because there are a lot of people who just are racists and they're like no how dare them Mexicans come into our country take our germs they took our germs that's why South Park made fun of that well I also they think and racism is a huge I okay you showed me that video the other I'm so tired of race as a, in general yeah, we're all related a, and I un, just it's an unfortunately perpetuating uh, construct and it, it's not just one side it's all humans do it and I want it to stop like yeah. I want to quit making groups I want to quit, quit making groups that have power to become racist because we're being idiots like mm-hmm. When someone acts like an idiot, just say you're an idiot, and then move well, on. No one's ever going to admit their idiocy. Like, no, but if especially you especially not the people in power, they're going to they're going to skate around and try to spin it to where they look like a fucking genius, no matter how stupid they are. But I that's read you their, that that's what they're good at. That's why they're politicians. I read you that Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> tweet this morning that oh, I agreed awesome, so man. much with that she quoted Charles Barkley. Where was that? At? I'll bring that up because I thought that was really it was a perfect. I could pull right up. You sent it to me. Yeah, I did. Oh, I got it right here. Yeah. Um, it says, she quoted Charles Barkley, Barkley saying, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. And then Tulsi said, I hope we can all agree with Barkley's words of aloha. Only aloha, respect and love for each other can unite us. No matter our skin color, stand up for aloha. Why can't we do more of this? I, I agree with that. However, one thing I don't agree with in that statement is the white and black thing. We gotta stop with that's what we stop with. That's what we need to well, go away. I think away. he was just talking. Yes, I agree. Well, it's just it's, don't even recognize skin color because it's irrelevant. Of, you know what? Shading is just a melanin it's, thing. We're just color. Like it's just colors. Who and gives see, a fuck about our skin color? I don't. Cultures are vastly different from each other, and that's not even to be focused on either. People should have the right to like you know perpetuate whatever culture they want. Well, and, and okay, but so as long as it's not hurting anybody, and obviously we're, again we're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, so. Let these cultures perpetuate until they're guilty. And if you're allowed to identify what gender you are, why can't you identify as what culture or what color you want to be? Like, yeah. why does it stop there? Like, Why I, do we even have those checkboxes? Get rid of that. I don't like any checkboxes. Po- no bullshit. one ever is going to exist that is you, ever. Yeah. So, like, my shade of brown? But, I mean, there cool. is, there's still a small bit of requirement for certain categorical division. It's being used to, like. It's been weaponized. In, uh, there's stuff like in sports. We, this discussion's been going on for quite a while now in the mainstream about like the transgenders coming into to sports and like oh, that particularly one's, it's the that one's a mind it's the field. one it's the transsexuals who used to be men so they were biologically born a man. This is hard to skate around in the language. So I'm just going to say it how I know it. Yeah. So the the transsexuals who were a man at one point then transitioned to be a woman. Then they joined women's sports, but they already have the Biological, biological advantage, advantage yeah. which that's something that uh, quit denying that that exists because it does. I can't stand when they when they do that. Yeah, when the people just do that. Do the cause science thing. Yeah, yeah. But like, there really is a actual biological difference between men and women in bone structure and in muscle building structure. We're just built differently. That is the way it is. You can argue about why all you want, but it, really, there is any difference. Um, but I'm just saying, like. There's a reason that certain categories exist, mm-hmm. but it should never just be completely focused on it. We should never like put it under the microscope and go, "Oh, you need to check this box because this." Unless it's in to do with like some kind of competitive sport. Well, and how about to do everything uh, like in the, the spirit of love? I think is important. Yeah, that's the. You're, I think that's really where it boils down. The to. spirit of love. You're going to hear things as a human that might not you might not agree with. That doesn't mean the person hates you or doesn't want you to be who you are. Yeah, and I. But think they just don't want like. They don't Transsexual want other- men competing in women's sports, and I think there's a good reason for that. But again, I think they're—it's not like they don't love you. It's not like they don't care about your choice of sexuality. They—they they just have a competitive sport to run. 
And if there's a differing opinion on this, like if you're a trans person that's an athlete, I'd love to hear it. I want because that's the thing. I want well, yeah, our minds to, to always it. be open in love as far as if you have a good rational opinion, we should be able to argue without hating each other. Yeah. And that is something that's well, being lost. People need to stop throwing out the racism, sexism, or ism, transism. Yeah, the isms. Trans- you, I'm quit, tired. The, quit weaponizing the isms. It doesn't exist. And I think that's <laughs> the biggest thing. Quit weaponizing the isms. Yeah. I, I'm tired of if you have a disagreement, you are automatically labeled with some sort of ad hominem yeah, attack. That's that, not how it that's is. Not, that's not going to get us anywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, the um, again, I'm I'm speaking on one particular issue, but it's it, it kind of reflects to all of them. It's uh, these the board. people just have a competitive sport to run. Okay, if you threaten to break down the entire construct of that competitive sport by this little gender battle, then it's going to you know cause them to have to make statements that might go against what you believe in as a transsexual or whatever. But I don't think they're doing it out of malice. They're doing it out of the fact that they have to run the sport correctly, the well, way that they're used to running it. So, if you have a problem with that as as an as an ism, as a as a whatever kind of group you're in, the transsexual group or a gender group, then take it up with them in a peaceful way, instead of just throwing out they're just sexist and then smearing them all over the news and causing this big old fucking controversy. And that's making, the toxic way to go and about making it. Making arbitrary rules yeah. right off the bat about it too. It's like, nah, we need to discuss this. This is a new yeah. thing as far and as And then don't have the the government get involved and go, you have to let them in or you can't let them in because there is that going on. Idaho particularly is oh, like banning it. It's like why is the government involved in that? Well, it's a it, personal issue between like sports administration and this gender group, but it's going to become a civil rights issue. Yeah. I don't know. It's a re- that is a really hard one because growing up, I did track, and there's a huge differentiation between personal best time that biological males are able to achieve and biological females. Talk about you, running. Oh, any of it, throwing, oh, okay. running, yeah. all of it. You know, a fast time for a biological female is completely different than a fast time for a biological male. Yeah, these standards are there and so it's, to accommodate those. And it doesn't mean those people aren't equal. And then on the flip side, do you, I don't know, I feel so bad because I, I love trans people. I, I, I do too. I'm not, I'm not, none of what I'm saying is against trans people. It's just against the toxicity of the loudest ones that are causing the controversies. And also, I, when you are a trailblazer, because I think of all these other things like feminists and gay yeah. people, when you're a trailblazer, you've got to go through a lot of stuff that kind of sucks, yeah. but you got to figure out well, the most equitable way to approach it, yeah. and well, here, it's hard. That's equitable. That's the argument that I think needs to be focused on from the, I guess, again, we're focusing on one particular issue, but like the sports administration needs to take, is that they their job is to create a level playing field within the sport so that... It's not one-sided all the time. That's why it's not because they're sexist. It's because if a biological male competes in a woman's sporting event, the standards are much different for a reason because the women's sport have different standards to keep a level playing field within the women's sports division. If there was a particular division for the male versus female in the sports thing, then it would be a little bit different. And maybe but there's a reason that, that there. there isn't much of a male versus female in sports because, it, they again, it's a level playing field thing, and they know that there's these biological advantages that men have in certain sports and women have in other sports, like racing, for example. Oh, women have a huge advantage in automobile racing because their bone structure usually is much lighter. Usually, I say, because, again, every human's different. There's but the vast majority of women have a lighter body 
weight-wise than men. So they have a, a biological advantage in racing. And why not? Maybe it's the matter of making a new category, an unsex category, where it doesn't matter. Sex, I'm all for that. Where, uh, then where, we won't have an issue. Will where we? there's no biological criteria other than to be converting air. Yeah. Like, and so what I, I mean by that, the results of that is you would be the most badass human oh. of all if you could win in the unisex category. Like, mm-hmm. you could be hardcore because there it would be the best of the best. That's something could, that we need to focus on, too. Instead of, like, banning one thing from the other, let's create a new division because, obviously, there's a need for it now. And it would also be the most equitable division because well, anybody sure. could... Like, if you could... Cause anybody honestly, could compete with, against anybody. There, that would be interesting to see. Because, honestly, um, in male running, like a female... If you run on a sub-13, 100 meter, you are cooking, okay? Yeah. Just the other day, my non-trained, gigantic baby ran an 11-2. He's a male. <laughs> yeah. A biological male. I can't believe that, by Do the way, just because of his size. He's a big boy. Typically, you know, he's your very power fast. runners are going to be real lanky, yep. aerodynamic, first he, of all, and, you know, not very heavy. And he's not an aerodynamic person, so no, but to he's get that kind of time, a, he's, that's a, a lot of effort. Well, and that's Good just... For he, him. He, the that's thing awesome. about him, though, is, and that's the point I'm making, here he is an eighth grade biological male kicks the crap out of the best female runners. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so you could train for... That's why I'm saying a unisex category. Yeah. You could identify plus, as anything. Plus, it would breed these types of underdog stories that we're all addicted to. Like, oh, you I think we're all it. addicted to alien stories? Half of those stories are about us tiny puny humans defeating the aliens with the vastly better technology. We love an underdog story. And that's so, an inclusive thing. Let's look yeah. for an... Uh, let's so look A, for an... it's inclusive. B... It breeds these underdog stories we all love because you would, See? especially in like combat sports. Imagine like the UFC had a unisex division. Oh my gosh! And it's like this this puny little person. I'm not even going to call them by their gender because again we're talking about unisex. It would be here. irrelevant. A tinier person would defeat a massive like the guy like the Big Show, right? Yes. We would love it. Well, people would eat it up, and it would make so much money. And it would be uniting. And there would be no like question of like who's someone sexist. And it wouldn't matter because it takes that out of it because yeah. you're really being identifying so, ourselves by our gender is weird you can, anyways. You can I, only is, win in this scenario. There are some biological identifiers, but that that would be why see, and that's a positive thing that unites versus these negative divisions. Because right now we're stuck in these we're negative just keep divisions. Dividing. We keep dividing. Let's farther, quit farther. doing the whole haploid thing yeah. where we're just having all the time. I get half lives are a big deal in, yeah. in, in science, but let's let's make a <laughs> let's make a uniting thing. Yeah. I would love to see I, and, and not I was just in about sport. that. No, everywhere. Everywhere. I don't understand this narrative where women get paid less or something in certain industries. It's like it should not. Is even that really? Be a thing. Does that really exist? First of all, it did. I or don't know ju- if it does anymore. Is that anymore. just a, a cherry picking issue? I, um, I equal pay for equal work should like, be a no brainer. Yeah. Now, I think it's always. I always go back to the whole meritocracy argument because that's honestly what we should go to. And everything. Yeah. Uh, you uh, you should be rewarded for your merit, for it's your drive, for your effort, for your abilities. equitable thing. And not just because you're like a minority group that this company's going to get a tax break for hiring. Well, it's just like a trans person that decide. you know, you make the decision to transition. You're taking all these hormones. You're basically putting your body through torture because of an identity, th- you know, because mm-hmm. of how you identify. If you are also a track star, I'm kind of proud of you. Like, I would like to watch your work. Any human that puts the work in, I would like to see it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want anybody discriminated against that. So I love uh, meritocracy, too. So that's too. the thing. Imagine now, again, tie it back to aliens. Okay. If, 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 if this is District 9, okay? If okay. this is District 9, okay. and all of a sudden there's a 
civil rights movement for the aliens to compete in these sports, right? What would we do? Would we create a division of aliens versus aliens? How would we level that playing field standards-wise? Well, couldn't you have bio, like, whatever sex yeah. aliens had if they even well, had one? To... And then you also could put them in the uni thing. Exactly. The but universal. You would also have to redefine certain standards. You would have to, like, f- hyper-focus on, like, certain genetic abilities to, to be able to fit the aliens into categories of can they compete with this group of people, like in the NFL. Handicapping. You're or talking like about in, handicapping. Yeah, exactly. They would have to. They would have to de- redefine all the handicaps to get them to fit. Because, like, let's say an alien is bio- vastly more superior in like running. Right. Mm-hmm. Their, their speed is just in, unhuman. How would we allow them to compete in a human versus alien situation where the human would just never stand a chance? Could, it, we would have to ban either ban them. Or create a division that allows it, and then but the humans would never win. That's the thing. That's here's the issue. Unless there was the underdog human that was genetically superior, we would love it if that would happen. Or uh, alternatively, we would have to augment. But humans would augment to compete with them, and it would drive technology further as well as like you know create that underdog story. So there's there is my point is there is positive ways to go about the adaptation of this instead of just not ban them. And you've watched shows that have, like, the universal bracket. Mm-hmm. I want the universal bracket. I think this yeah. would help a lot of these arguments. Because then you could, if an alien showed up, the alien, you know, we brought him as refugees, they could compete in look the universal at bracket. E- look at esports. It's a big thing now. Yeah. There's no fucking, like, divisions in esports. It's like, you're either good at the game or you're not. Anybody can compete with anybody. But then you also it's- have the divisions that are done by attributes. Mm-hmm. So keep those, but then make new divisions that address modern problems. Yeah. Yeah, like that Dave Chappelle meme, modern problems require require modern modern solutions. solutions. Without alienating (laughs) or sub... What is the word I'm like? You're creating a class of victims, uh, victimizing people. Victimizing, yeah. Because, I'm sorry, it's not fair to victimize people in the name of equality. It's not. So how do we... I like the universal bracket. I think we're onto something here. Um... Yeah, again, that's more of a thing where you're adding a positive element rather than subtracting... Like... Or oppressing people. Yeah, rather than, than oppressing people. Because I'm, I'm tired of victimization. Why don't we do that? I don't understand it. Well, wouldn't know, wouldn't we all feel better at the end of the day if we, like, that's a problem. We solved it. Humans are good at this. Why are, why are we all of a sudden not good at this solving the problems thing? I think what happened we're, here? we're what enraptured we, what, what we with victimization. I really do. Well, that's a Marxist issue. We I'm tired of day, that. You will never win I'm if sorry you're to dividing. Throw that buzzword. That's a new buzzword. But, like, but really, uh, if you haven't noticed... You know, um, the education industrial complex has kind of been taken over by Marxist propaganda. Yeah. And it's almost required to, like, you know, teach now. So it's like, what do we do about that? Why can't we create... It is dangerous. It is a dangerous ideology. But why can't we create new framework that instead of creates victims, yeah. lifts all people up? Like, like do I we, don't understand why we don't do, do that. Do we really want a victim-oppressor class society? Or do we want a society that thrives on all in... Like, all in, like there, we used to have this, like, pride in... The civil rights movements of, like, let's include everybody. That When we started this country and we wrote those founding documents, that was our goal. All men are created equal. And they didn't mean, I I mean, maybe they meant men, period, as in biological men. men. But I'm pretty sure that just meant all humans are created equal. Well, and you had to. That's how I interpret it, is all humans humans are created equal. We have to go through the ugliness. I don't like how people now, our our lovely people that are running the school institutions now, think that we had to start at point A back in 1776. Yeah. We had to work towards this. Now let's take yeah, what's there was good a huge now build up to that. and move towards that. <laughs> there yeah. were thousands of years of humanity pre-1776 that led up to the creation of America. And not to go Pollyanna, Where's our but pride? why can't we look for the good in stuff? That's like, what I mean. Yeah. Where's our pride in that? We used to do that. 
If aliens showed up tomorrow and they needed to be refugees, I still feel like people would be jerks, but maybe some of us wouldn't. And maybe we need to start now by not being jerks to people now. Well, look at what happened in District 9. The one dude. Just yeah. the one dude and he was it compassionate usually, about it. It usually takes just then one person. Then he got screwed. <laughs> yeah. God, I love that movie, though. I'm going to have to watch that. I think your baby's up, by the way. Oh, he'll be fine. He's Are not, you sure? He's, okay. play, he's not in a crib anymore, so he can just kind of play in his room. Okay, so. he's okay. He's oh, not, he's big boy bed. He's time? not that needy and he'll get lunch in a minute. So. Okay. All right. Um, well, I was just making sure. Because I don't want to stop quite yet because there's a couple points we need to touch. Well, make make another point then. But like, we need to regain this the pride in equality, not yes. pride in equality, but pride in equality, because we used to have that. And if you used the it word was a, but, we were building up to it. What yeah. happened? We we were making so much progress in being equal, as it was intended to be. All humans are created equal. We were whether you believe we're created or not. Regardless, we're all equal. Let's take that word out of the language too. All humans are equal. Period. Well, maybe not in like we're certain, not equal maybe in not in certain but yeah we're not equal in attributes. that we exist we're equal in that we exist and we're all some kind of a soul or consciousness trapped in a meat suit and we all have and we're value. all on the same planet and none of us know all the answers like mm-hmm. adults pretend like okay here's a good example so like, recently I was watching PewDiePie okay and he's done this little series on his channel it's this he he commentary he does a commentary over a video series about they'll this company takes this production company takes a group of people uh like millennials adults it's usually a gender or not a gender thing generational a, a generational thing, thing. So you and they'll take and a bunch of people and millennials yeah. and boomers and okay. they'll sit them in a room and they're saying okay we're gonna give you a thousand dollars you guys have to decide in whatever way you can who gets this thousand dollars vote each other off play games whatever Ooh, psychological complete warfare. free agency on how okay. you, who gets the thousand dollars right it's just last man standing. You decide how that happens. Ooh. And it's a, it, it's very interesting. It's a, it definitely a psychological experiment. But um, so he fi- recently I was watching the one he did about the uh, the old the elder generations was doing it. The old people. Okay. Okay. Um, and PewDiePie was commentating on it. He was watching, and he's done all the different groups already up up to this point. And he noticed the similarity between all the groups. It's like they're all the same. Mm-hmm. They're all the fucking same. I thought I for sure thought this was gonna be the one that nope. found a good way of deciding, nope. or they'd split it or something. No, it was the same games, the same little bullshit, same drama. Yep. But he but what he said was profound. Him and his uh, the guy who was also co commentarying I guess uh, Cinnamon Toast Ken is his name. Of one of his friends he has on the channel a lot. They come they came to the conclusion they're like, you know I used to think that. When I was a kid, like, adults have all the answers, and you, you kind of thought, I'm going to build up to that where I have all the answers someday, Never. and I can pass that on. And now I realize, finally, it's 100% true now. Everyone's pretending. Nobody has the fucking answers. We're all just pretending, and we kind of put on this show like we do. And a mature adult would recognize you don't have any answers. Yeah. That's where I was getting at with oh, this. Oh, sorry. Like, no, yeah, you, that's the... okay. You said my point. I'm glad that I, I was explaining that well you enough got for it you to, out there, uh, yeah. to, to ascertain that. We don't have the answers to anything. We're all pretending we're LARPing and at my, this point. We're all LARPing here. And my least here. loved adults are the ones that are arrogant about that. Yeah. I like humility. Well, they're the hardcore LARPers, man. They're the ones that are really LARPing. They're they the ones are. that really put on the costume, and they create an illusion that they really are. Well, they believe they, they use they derive yeah. all of their answers from their own personal experience, which is the most arrogant thing you could do. And that is against, that contradicts everything that we are trying to build within hypothesism, which is the very first thing you need to do is recognize, I have no answers Conclusively, I have feelings-based However, impressions. Let's, let's gather some data and yes. form 
informed opinions the best that we can while also recognizing this will never be conclusive 100%. And constantly do it in a state of humility. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, no one ha- there is a lack of humility everywhere. Like, That's a go- big it, issue, yeah. And I think humil- lacking, a society lacking humility and empathy and always in a me first state I think that's where a lot of the problems in America are coming from. Yeah. Because it's all about, I need to get mine. Why do you think we have all these stories, religions, um, hypotheses, hypothesisms, hypothesis, hypotheses, sorry. There you go. Uh, it's a hard word. It took me a while to get there. Yeah. He <laughs> um, like, though, folks. We have to have like a, there's a space daddy out there and he does know all the answers. Or there's a God and he knows all the answers. Or there's like a... Our leadership knows all the answers. We always have. We always impute that because we intuitively know that we, we don't want have any of the answers. To, we, exactly, because like in the back of our head, in our consciousness, in the very essence of being a human, we know we don't have the answers. So we're pretending that we do while, while waiting for Space Daddy to come and tell us the answers. Uh, let's tie this back into aliens before we end. Okay. If there was a alien culture, they might have better technology in order to even reach us from a different civilization. We've touched on that in few, in past episodes where. Just the vast numbers, the, the the ridiculously hard challenge of getting here. Yeah. Lex talks about this all the time. Lex Friedman. It's a very It's like hard it's insane to look at. Let's pretend they they figured out a way to get here. They broke the 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 inherent speed limit of the universe. Which is and fast, they got here not fast enough. And they won't have the answers either. Let's stop pretending there's a space daddy who does too. If God exists and he had all the answers, we obviously weren't meant to have them yet. Or I don't all. know if we're capable of understanding so maybe answers. when we die, we'll get those answers. Who knows? Let's not start a suicide cult. No. And pretend that that's what happened. Let's all kill it. Let's all drink the Kool-Aid. It's poisoned. And we'll go and see Space Daddy and he'll tell us the answers finally. And then maybe we can be reborn and, and figure it out. No. Never happens. Never will. Stop it. Well, and I think <laughs> Nobody knows anything. Letting go of that arrogance that you think you... I, I'm, in fact, this place hits very close to home because I'm dealing with generational arrogance right now. I despise grown-ups that try to control all narratives based on their experience. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. You are not in control. No. You're never in control. The, the Karen complex. I can't stand yeah. it. And, Guess and what? It's there like, is no manager to speak to. No. Go to hell. <laughs> Even if you do believe that, because faith is an important thing. I've been reading a lot about faith, but not necessarily in the context of what people think faith. And I'm not talking about faith in a religion. I'm You're talking, talking about, about the act of faith. Yes, right? it's an intri- it's an intriguing thing to read about. But my bigger point, I guess, to, to wrap this up is, I just oh, I feel like people would wake up and just be like, I don't know, I'm going to learn something today. You can't be in that framework unless you have some sort of inner humility, and you can't have yeah. that inner humility as long as you're being some sort of existential beast. You just brought up a good point because there probably is groups of people out there, maybe not associated groups, but like there's numbers of people out there that wake up and they go, I fucking know everything, and I'm going to go push that on the world. Yep. And then you have the numbers of people who wake up and they go, I want to learn something today. And then you have the uh, the other unfortunate numbers of people who just wake up and go, how am I going to get my next meal? Give me my There's a lot of yeah. different groups of people out there. And then there's groups of people that wake up and like, I want my Red Bull and to school t- TikTok. Yep. I mean, yeah, some people just really want to get out there and like uh, hu- the hustle. And actually, I admire living the, the Bowl, moment people TikTok, because they actually are living more than people that think they know what everybody else needs to be doing. Yeah. So there, and at the end of the day, I think it goes back to what you were talking about about we need to just progress forward, yeah. trying new ideas because these old ideas aren't working as band aids on these new conglomerations exactly. of problems. We need we to we need to get back into that. Pride of problem solving again. We're doing great in the technology field of that. But that's There's a very no small subsect of people. Yeah, but let's get back into the, let's solve our social issues with a positive 
spin, not with this division. Like, Joe Biden isn't going to solve any of this with any kind of unity, no matter what he fucking says. I'm sorry if that breaks anybody's worldview. Well, and we know it's going to be ugly true. because there's we, we know that we're not all on the same wavelength as far as how to behave yeah. and people have different things going on. But if we at least try to put some effort out, that would be beautiful. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, let's just make an example real quick. I'm not going to solve the border crisis, but they're throwing them in these weird little trailers. Like, we, let the, we allowed the government to pay for that problem. Well, that was a big mistake because they're going to fucking cheap out. So why aren't we banding together as people? Because that's what the government's made of, right? So let's usurp the wasteful, like, establishment of the of the government, right? Because they're, they're not doing a good job. So why don't we usurp that and pull our money together as, like, a nonprofit, right? And go out and, like, build a real place for them to live comfortably until we figure this fucking thing out. Because we are... So that at least, as, as a, as a hum, as humanity-wise, as a humanitarian issue, we can solve that first. Put a Band-Aid on it that's at least humane... Let's let them have build somewhere they can live in comfortably until we figure out the fucking social issue or the immigration issue as a whole. But then we can work on that. But then we at least know that, hey, we're taking care of these people at least. Because Brady, and not throwing them in a trailer elbow to elbow with a space blanket. No he, food. Our superpower as a species is making excuses. Yeah, well, stop. That's the, of course, that's the establishment's superpower. Well, I mean all of us. Well, all what of us, are you yeah, and I but, literally doing about well, this I don't problem? know. Well, so that's, we're, we're up here in Idaho. I don't have the time or resources to go down there and do that, but we have a podcast and we can at least encourage people who do. Well, that's true. And there are people going down there to help. Yeah, but they're actually shooing them away, though. They want these people in these little cages. I don't know why. Because There's some kind of weird political move going on here. And it's I can't, a super I can't break it down yet, but... Well, and then it's just... I have the documents, ladies and gentlemen. And maybe that's where we can leave this is... <laughs> maybe look, take some time. Part of hypothesism yeah. is stretching yourself, and I'll do this, too, is take some time to figure out how you can... You yeah. know, the government is supposed to be you. And so tell them no. They don't get to tell me that I don't get to be a part of helping with this. Because all of us should stand up to them and say, you guys are doing... You know what? Give out some props for the people that actually care in the government. Because there are workers in the government that actually care. And don't just throw them in with everybody else. And then what can I do to be a part of this to help? And I need to do better. I've done some donations of crypto to... I've donated currency in the form of cryptocurrency yeah. to some of this stuff. But and maybe that's all we can, most of us can do. Is it's like, just donate five bucks. You know, don't drink bucks. coffee today. Donate five bucks to people that actually help with this. Yeah. Policy writers. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. Maybe I'll report back. Because I would love to know how this. I could help. Because I can't house them necessarily myself. If I did, then it would be in square one in the same situation that they were in. Maybe just up here in Idaho instead of down in a trailer in the desert. They'd be sleeping on my couch elbow to elbow instead. I just, I don't, I can't take that right now with the kids and everything. So. Well, and where we live There's right now, our schools are at critical well. mass because we have an influx of people that That's we're what I mean. ready so to handle. So I personally I can't, I but, can't solve the physical locate, like the, the, I can't solve the actual relocation problem of them with my own, lo- like house necessarily. I can't house them. Let's just put it that way. But I'm sure I can, if I really looked, I could find a, a way I could at least donate some money Well, or in America, we have a ton whatever. of space for growth. We need to quit acting yeah. like we don't. I've drove through the Midwest. We have a lot of room here. Yeah. We need to maybe add well, maybe, on to things. Maybe I wish you and I could just go out and start a nonprofit to fix this. Well, We're yeah, not going to fix the immigration problem, but we can at least fix their housing issue. Well, Bill Gates is doing a smart city. Why don't we build cities for new cities for people that are coming here and, and yeah. want to live here? You know what? Know a buffer zone. If we could negotiate with, like, Texas and New Mexico and their bordering states... Don't you feel like that could become a, a ghetto, though? That would... Yeah, if we let the government pay for it. I know. 
if we usurped the government and did nonprofits to do it, then we would actually, you know, the the inherent love in the situation would still be there. If the nonprofits the government were accountable doesn't have that, the people, they just have a how can we make this as cheap as possible because the constituents don't want to pay that much. Yeah, we're gonna we're have already to look into have a, this. We already have a tax deficit. I like that we we're doing an episode on aliens that went into actual. This meta. Is it's very meta, <laughs> and and it's something that I think this should be close to everybody's heart because yeah. people are people. It doesn't matter yeah, where exactly. they come from. And arbitrary lines, I get that, you know, you have your house and other people have houses and people that are guests in your house should be invited. Mm-hmm. I do believe that Absolutely. was my whole heart. should invite them. At the same token, we caused some of the problems. It's a very nuanced issue. So we need to all be working on it together. It's a big if, one. If, if somebody came knocking on my door right now and they were in need. Now, I might not necessarily house that person because of risk assessment issues. Yeah. But... I would at least do my best. To, do you need food? I have a little bit of money you can have. I would do something for them. Is, and you would get to make that choice, not some faceless exactly. bureaucrat. That's but the Joe point. Joe Biden isn't doing that. He's just, we'll put you in this box until we figure it out. Well, the last all the, That's not exactly entirely his fault either. That's what I'm not going to pick on him. There's red tape. There's things he has to deal with too. It's not like he can just snap his fingers and make the problem go away. And the last few administrations has been very similar. Yeah. It's not also, just him. There's a time issue too. It's like everything the and government does has Joe to Biden take apologist. a long time. Well, that's the problem. No, this, I'm playing devil's advocate a bit too because I don't want to make it a, a bipartisan. It's political. not a. I don't want to make it a partisan issue. Where it's like I'm just blaming Biden. Trump didn't really do a good job either. Guys, it's a purple. It's a government issue. issue. It's red, white, blue. It's exactly, it's, it's a purple. It's, issue. it's a purple issue. We it's need a red, to white, and blue. I like that. It's sh- red, white, and blue issue. Yeah, it's purple. But like again, could we negotiate some kind of a buffer zone? Not government-wise. Like I'm not saying put it on a map and make it official. I'm talking about like could we as could nonprofits go out and negotiate a buffer zone where we can house them not until right now. we figure out the social issue that's causing them to We've even want to come here. We've ceded so much of our power. They are not going to give back their authority willingliness no. on this one. The government isn't. So I don't know what I. That is part of a much larger issue of autonomy versus authority. Yeah. And so we're going to have to work on this one. I, I wonder if it's going to be the straw that breaks the camel's back. I hope Possibly. in a good way. Hopefully. Yeah. Because when the alien there's a lot of that happening right now. There's when the alien refugees come, I'd like to have at least made some progress yeah. on this problem. Yeah, because um, that's the thing. Would we impute our constitutional values to the aliens too? Like, are they created equal as well? Because it says all man, but if they come down here and they're seeking refuge, are, uh, do they, are they included in our equality? Yeah. Or are we gonna get? Are we gonna put them in ghettos like in District Nine? That's the thing. Is like, because yeah, we, we are kind of doing that to humans now. Look how like we treat animals. The movie was a good reflection of what we already do as humans. Let's fix that. Let's figure this out. And on that, that note, includes Katie yeah. and I. Yeah, we're gonna not just yeah. sit on our butts on this one. I, I, it's been bothering me for years. I, I would like to get more involved in it, it and not in some sort of like I'm a Twitter I, I, thumbs activist. I, think we I all mean, have, we need I think to put some all, skin in the game. We all have a responsibility. These are our neighbors. This is our country. They're trying to enter. We all have a responsibility to. Because this is a problem we're facing. It's not going to go away, but pretending it doesn't exist. Yeah. We have to figure it out. And but it, that's our responsibility, not Joe Biden's. No. He can't do anything about it. It's really... Except for build these little cages for them to live in. I'm sorry I call them cages. Whatever, don't cancel me. But, like, he's probably, honestly, again, playing devil's advocate, he's probably stretched as far as what he can actually do. And I'm talking about, and my thing is, is what the one thing that's going to solve this is a spirit of love. And I'm not talking about, oh, come here and run all over me, sweetie, love. I mean, sometimes love is making yeah. hard decisions. Well, you have to include logic in your recipe of love, too. That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's empathy, logic. it's logic, yeah. and it's, it's going to make some people mad, your decisions, and it might hurt. 
but we're going to have to do something. We can't just keep putting a Band-Aid on it and kicking the can down the road. And that's what we're doing. So let's try to figure it out. And I think, again, again, it's Katie and I as well. Mm-hmm. We're not speaking from a place that we're not going to do anything about it. It's your, it's in your hands. It's in all of our hands. Yeah. That whole everyone's created equal also includes the problems that we have to solve. We have we all have a bit of a responsibility. Or people who to don't give the, the IRS money. I mean, come on, uh, these are people. You're taking the Sanders approach. I love it. Well, it's uh, and and that's just it. Me and Uncle Burn, we are not <laughs> ideologically the same at all. But there, are, just because we aren't, doesn't mean I can't come together and work with him. And we have lost that spirit in this country. Well, the five biggest corporations on the planet should be paying taxes just a little bit at least. No matter what administration and that's not a, is in that's charge. That's also a purple issue. Yep. Because, um, like, if you're Zoom and you've just made an influx of billions of dollars off of the pandemic, don't you think you should, like, you know, pay some taxes on that? Like, everybody else who, like, if I get an... Inha- if I fucking inherit even a small estate from anybody, from them dying, I have to pay, like, a, a insane percentage of that to the government as taxes. Unless I... Do what they do and jump through these weird little hoops and, and pay off the boys. I don't think the hoops should exist. I think taxes should saying. be equitable among all if we're even going to pay that's them to begin also, with. That's and also a, a bipartisan I'm issue. a little bit more of a voluntarist myself, Bernie's, so I'm going to get myself in trouble talking. All I'm saying is like, his, I don't, I don't his want... His idea is to solve it with more government. That's yeah, really worked exactly. really well. I, I don't want Bernie to be president, but there's some things he says that are true, period. Well, yeah, so. if we have to pay, they should have to pay. Yeah, period, well, end of story. Uh, that's just, come on. That's equal, common equal sense. Equal is equal. Equality and autonomy. You can't skip out. You can't skip out. You got to pay the piper someday. Well, and and or else come up with something new. Yeah, Why true. can't we come up with something new? They Why did. It's ha- called loopholes in the tax code. They uh, find them all day. That's they pay these people that are really good at finding those, and they do it. Yeah, but that only benefits those wealthy enough with resources enough to find the holes. Yeah. You, a common person, is not got the time nor inclination <laughs> or education to do so. Uh, we'll leave on a meme. Okay, about let's leave this. on a meme. Uh, there's this meme of a it was like David versus Goliath painting, right? Okay. And it was David was the uh, what was it? It was like da- Goliath was like the the big corporations, right? Yeah. And their tax loop holes, and then the the David was the um, philanthropy. That's the word I was thinking. Was the philanthropy they give out every once in a while? Oh, gotcha. But the but again, Goliath was like. Them avoiding taxes. Yeah. But look at me. I'm so benevolent. <laughs> yeah. But look at me. I gave a, a fraction of a percentage away to some kind of charity who I own. <laughs> yeah. I like charity in the form of yeah. action. That's their little strategy, man. Oh. Let's give out billions to a charity that I own to also write that off. on. That's part of how we dodge taxes. That's yeah. that. Yeah, that's wonderful. Good job. I'm glad you own know. the thing you gave all the money to. That's wonderful. Yeah. Trump did that, by the way. That was um, part of the whole Trump taxes controversy. Everybody but. does that with their <coughs> Clinton Foundation. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Ha- and on can that? we get rid of that? But anyway, yeah, on that note. Bye. Bye. Bye.